Hi, everybody, and welcome to another MCU episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbardton, and we're a bunch of a-holes with me tonight. Not 100% a dick, Michael K. Hughes. I am Bill. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. That was you don't good. have to. You don't have to be nice to me. I really. I don't think that was good. But you're, it was good. you're more than it welcome. Good. It crossed it. my mind when I was when I was trying to think I'm of su- an intro. I'm surprised. That was like the slow pitch. I mean, that was like that was right down the middle. Yeah. Right. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the the the, the, the thanks. <laughs> All right. Um, and I'm gonna and we're and we're I'm interested what we're gonna be talking about tonight. We're gonna be talking about the tenth MCU movie because we're moving right along. And we're gonna be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie nobody expected and nobody saw coming. Is it really only the tenth one? I feel like we've been doing this for like a year already. <laughs> I know, I know. We've been doing this since uh March, I think. Yeah, recording since March? March. Yeah, recording since March. I mean, when people hear this, it is not gonna be July, I can tell you that much. Yeah. So it's wild. It'll be almost a year for people hearing this. I think we're almost like halfway through the main line. Is that, am I right in that? 22 or 23 movies all together yeah. for the Infinity huh. Saga. So yeah, we're getting Dang. there. Just about. Wow. And it's all uphill from here, right? Yeah, it's pretty much. <laughs> no, wait. Yeah, hang on. I was going to say, it's like, I think they're pretty much all almost semi bangers until. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, there's, a a, there's only two I remember not liking. But maybe my opinion will be different this next time. There's no, there's no Thor: Dark Worlds and no Iron Man three. So yeah, there's no Hulks in this in the next uh, till the end of this madness. Yeah, there'll be more Hulk episodes when we when we visit Ang Lee's Hulk. <laughs> I'm I still interested. Forever, I want to see it. it forever ago, so we'll have to do it eventually. Sounds good. So, um, as we were talking, first I want to talk about memories, like. For me, I'm, I'm, I was a comic guy, not huge, but I was a comic guy, but I had never really knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were. My first experience right before this film was the Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes cartoon had an, one episode where they met the Guardians of the Galaxy, and oh, then I saw this movie. Like, I, I was such a basic bitch when it came to comic book characters. <laughs> Pretty much anything that was in a cartoon or a video game I knew about. So I think I had seen, like, Rocket and Groot and maybe Star-Lord, but yeah, I had... No knowledge of the Guardians before this movie. They're very low tier characters. Were <laughs> yeah, this I, movie kind of changed that. Yeah, I was in the same boat. I again, as someone who again, I think I've said m- multiple times, I've read maybe one or two comic books in my life. Maybe if they came with something, I breeze through it. Um, yeah, I never heard of this, and I don't think anyone had. And that's kind of the genius of picking this group of heroes to kind of in the middle of the MCU kind of middle. We're in phase two now, I think. Yeah. We're and, phase two. Yeah. And um, I think it's kind of a genius move by Marvel to do that. Um, and I, I looked at this movie a little bit in context, kind of where we were in the MCU. So you had your Avengers, which I think three or so years ago before, which was a landmark movie watershed. You now have people watching. Was it two years only? Yeah, because this is only this is 2014. Avengers came out in 2012. God, man, I keep forgetting that. that this is the point where they're releasing two a year. So only two years before, you know, Avengers makes a billion dollars. Everyone in the world is watching Marvel movies now just because of how successful Avengers were, right? So now it's become a cultural thing as opposed to a comic thing, okay? Iron Man 3 comes out. Not great. People don't like it. It makes a ton of money because, again, we're all now watching Marvel movies regardless of the quality. Kind of a downer movie. It's got a it's a downer a bit. You got then you have Thor Dark World. Not a lot of fun to be had in Thor Dark World. Maybe Loki and Thor talking are fun. Everything else isn't great, right? And it doesn't do as well. And then you get Winter Soldier, which is great, 
but nothing really good happens to that movie either. <laughs> you know, Shield gets destroyed. I mean, it's it's not great. The council gets murdered. I mean, it's just they weren't great anyway. But it's not a fun movie. They're good. I mean, Winter Soldier's fantastic, but it's not fun. So they needed something at this point to bring it back to fun. Like, let's have some fun with some characters that are going to be goofy, going to be a little silly. And um, this movie delivers on that beautifully. I mean, I've seen this movie probably five times, five or six times. And it's it's awesome. I mean, it's fantastic. And we're going to talk a lot of nice things about it. Yeah, no. So this is this is an interesting movie to it's in the lifespan of the MCU and and what what it need it needed to do a lot, um, which we'll kind of talk about as we move forward. Yeah, and like like you were saying, this was the perfect time to introduce it because they had taken a bunch of nobodies like the Guardians of the Galaxy and introduced it in Phase One. It wouldn't have been nearly as successful as it was because like at this point, like you said, they could pretty much release whatever they want and people are going to go see it because it is such a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, it's yeah. it's insane, and it's again, it's quality, and it's a good movie, and it may it didn't quite it didn't break the billion dollar mark. It made seven hundred and seventy two million dollars, which again is nothing to sneeze at, with a two hundred and thirty two million dollar budget. So it made <laughs> quite a bit of cash. So yeah, no, it's a very uh, it's an excellent movie. It was well timed, uh, I think is the best way to say it. And James Gunn was an interesting choice for a director. Because before this, he didn't, I think, I don't think he did a ton of stuff um, before this. Um, he had done a movie called Slither, which uh, was his directorial debut. It's like a ho- seen that. horror comedy. It's like a horror comedy, right? Is that accurate? Yeah. He did Slither. I know it's a horror. i never seen it, but I know of it. He did Slither and Super, and I don't know what Super is. Yeah, and Super is another kind of like a, it was actually a superhero movie, kind of a black comedy I don't know if I ever got a chance to see it. No, it was kind of like in the same era as dang. What was that superhero movie with the Kick Ass? Yeah, wasn't yeah, it like the could. same same vein as Kick Ass? You know, just nobody becomes a superhero because he wants to, and then he gets paid to do Guardians of the Galaxy, which is just crazy and crazy to think about. Again, this is Marvel just picking directors out of nowhere yeah, and having they success. They kept doing it. <laughs> You know, now the man's a household name, and he directed two Guardians. He's, yeah, he's directed the third one already. Well, no, the third one was supposed to be filmed in 2020 or start filming in 2020 okay. due to they fired him, right? Because they were for and they were stupid. Then he got signed up for Suicide Squad. Then they brought him back because he made tweets back in like 10 years before all of this, yeah. and he made some not nice tweets. And yep, he got proactively canceled. So it but, was stupid. It, I mean, I don't remember the whole hullabaloo, but I do remember he got fired because he said some really crappy things in the past. Yeah, but he got they knew about it. It was because trolls brought it like trolls brought it up and into the and made it act like it and making a big deal about it on, on Twitter. And, yeah. And retweeting stuff from like years ago. And no, it was already deleted. And he was there, you know, sharing, you know, I'm trying to get him fired and it worked. I think they realized they got played and that's why they rehired him. That's my opinion. Yeah, but he does a great job with this. Um, he also he also wrote it, which which is which is good. Sometimes it doesn't work out when a director writes his own stuff, but he does, and it works out great. And uh, this was another watershed mo- movie. This was another one where finally we could have fun with our superheroes again. Mm-hmm. They could be fun. They could have really strong personalities and still have the action and the kind of 
weight that a superhero movie to that point had had. So we needed this breath of fresh air. I needed this breath of fresh air. <laughs> this has been a terrible week. It's been a terrible week for everybody. I think yeah, in, yes, involved in this uh, in this program. So uh, I think we all needed this uh, this good time, smile inducing film, and looking forward to talking about it. Also, I think I mentioned to you guys in the virtual green room about how we really should talk about the soundtrack and how important this soundtrack was. I'm looking through the the wiki. I don't know these things off the top of my head, but it reached the top of Billboard and it was the first soundtrack album consisting entirely of previously released songs to top the chart. Wow. It was number one on Billboard. It The only one that the, the soundtrack that bumped it off number one was Frozen. <laughs> the behemoth known as Frozen knocked uh, this soundtrack off the top spot. Um, so it was landmark. And we're going to go through, as we go through the movie, we're going to talk about the songs as well because they're so tied into the emotion, into the feel of it that I they think it's well. important. They work great. Even the crappy songs, which there are a couple <laughs> that I despise. Gus, yeah. I mean, I, I remember one one memory I do have of this, of least the soundtrack I want to I bring up real quick, because I, when I, I worked at a Sam's Club and they had a speaker system in the front of the store. And I remember my buddy, for some reason, he had his phone attached to it because they let him do it. But OK. And he kept playing the soundtrack over and over and over again. And it was I just remember that. I'm like, you know what? I got after hearing it a few times, I'm like, OK, you, you can put down something different now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I've heard I mean, these songs many times in the past. I don't need to keep hearing them. Yeah. Even well, before the movie. There's not as many deep cuts on this soundtrack. I mean, these are all pretty well-known mm-hmm. songs, but uh, Dwight's the awesome mix. There's a couple. There's a couple of, what? A couple songs that I don't care for. Yeah, that's fair. So we'll talk about them. Yeah, um, we'll get there because yeah, they're very tied to the movie. And this this movie starts very very depressing. Like so, like the first I've forgotten. Like the first ten <laughs> minutes just make you want to cry. With you have Quill just young, young Quill says I forget what year it says. I didn't write that down. Uh, Ninety eight. Okay. And 98 or 88? 88. Oh, 88. Okay. Oh, yes, you're right. 88. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm not yeah. that old yet. I'm kind of. <laughs> so it has him sitting. It has him sitting there and he's listening to his radio, his little Walkman. And I want to say that actor looked really freaking familiar that walks up to him. Oh, his grandpa? Yeah. Can't hmm. remember his name, but I even... don't know. It doesn't matter. It's a famous actor, but he comes up, he gets him, he goes to his mother and his mother's bald, you know, to give away she has cancer and she she wants to hand him this present. And he won't open it, you know, because you know, his mother's dying and he's eight years old, I think, at the time or so. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be real tough to handle as a kid like that. And, and he has that happening. And it's just it just hits you so hard. Like she wants him to touch his hand, hold her, hold her hand. He won't do it. Then she dies before he can do it. And they just pull him out of the room and then he runs off. Because he's crying and he doesn't, and it's just like, oh, it just hits you right in the gut. Yeah, that bit where she's pleading to him to take her hands. Uh, yeah, it cuts. It cuts deep. It, I, I definitely remember tearing up in the theater and seeing that. Definitely. Um, I didn't tear up this time watching. I've seen it a few times. So, it, although I always forget, it opens with that, and then talk about a lead-in from like the sad, depressing, you know, the the movies beforehand. It's almost as if it's like, let's just keep this going for a minute. We got to get this out of the way. And now we're going to have a whole bunch of fun and enjoy ourselves. Um, it's one of the saddest beginnings in an MCU. I mean, oh, as yeah. far as emotional weight and just, I mean, when when uh, his grandfather kind of says to him, like, stop crying. That is such, a, that's a tough moment because that's, you know, a grandfather's being old school, suck it up, buttercup. You know, yeah, I can't which, handle your emotion. Which fits somebody of that age in the 80s. Yes, like some people absolutely. That age nowadays, unfortunately, but so. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's just a, a brutal moment of uh, 
of him losing someone and you don't have any context like you don't know who these people are um, but it's such a basic thing to experience right it's a basic human thing to experience loss like that yeah. that it just cuts regardless if you know who these people are or not then you of course you're gonna learn but yeah man it's it's good it all and it pays off at the end of course so um it, it, yeah just a brutal beginning and it all fits in like he he runs off because he's crying he stops in, in the field and you see like an alien light type of thing come down and that and then it cuts to the future or cuts to present time i should say not future yeah 26 years later is what the title card says <laughs> and the title card actually comes up not too far away from here because this right. is not a movie you know you don't know these characters so we've got to give you the name of the movie within the first five, ten minutes. Yeah. Let's not... make sure you walked into the right theater. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Captain America, Thor, are like, yeah, wait till the end of the movie. Then throw it out at him. Nope. We got to do it right away. And I, I forgot, like, I remember the opening where it shows up on an abandoned, it says abandoned planet, has a name, but I don't remember the name because I forgot Mor- to write it down. Morag. M-O-R-A-G. Which I have no idea if that's from the comics or not. I'm assuming. Probably. But it doesn't matter. I just assume everything is anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I... I did like the little beginning where you have him, you have him just walking, you know, you know, he has a little like hollow map thing and it's showing like the, the ruined city and he's heading to something like it. it the, the movie, you still don't really know what to expect it. You have it. The movie mm-hmm. hasn't sucker punched you yet. And oh, sucker punch is the word I'm going to go with. And he, as he starts walking, yeah. he's got his, he's got his hollow map. And all of a sudden he puts his little, he gets into a part. He takes off his mask because for some reason now he can breathe. I, I don't know. I, did, I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah make sense. That was kind of strange. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I was like, oh, so like there's a barrier he went through or something right now. I'm looking at the movie. I'm like, no, there's there's no barrier. Oh, it must be. I'm like, OK, that, oh, my God, who cares? And he, <laughs> you know, but it was like I was thinking that when I watched it, I'm like, hmm, it doesn't make sense. You know, but I buy this more than a guy traveling across country with, you know, <laughs> taking money. So, you know what? All right, cut it yourself. That's okay, it. Now. Mark it down. That's our Hulk reference for the day. That's it. That's that's your <laughs> memory, too. This is actually very effective. I, as I wrote down, he, he walks into the uncharted battle arena. It looks just like something you would see, like in a pop and stop, uh, like a pop and uh, shoot um, thing. That's what I saw. Whatever. It's not as bad as the sea slug, whatever it was from Avengers, but that's what I saw. I think this is effective. You know, again, it's it's kind of subverting your expectations. He's, you know, got his little technology, and you see the little, all that kind of stuff is kind of superfluous to just this mood setting where he hits the play button on his classic Walkman and uh, come and get your love comes playing on the speakers. Oh. Every and, 300 years, the sea's lower and the temple is made accessible. Oh. That's not, huh. I'm reading something when I when I Googled, so it gives you okay. a little more context to why no one had found it there. Oh, okay. So, sorry, keep going, what you were saying. No, that makes sense. I was just saying, so it's kind of a good lead-in into the fun credit slash title card of the movie when he starts dancing along to come and get your love, <laughs> which is wonderful, and there's lots of fun moments, singing into a little creature, which is just fantastic. And it's Chris Pratt. Of course, mm-hmm. everyone loves Chris Pratt. How could you not? I never knew who he was before this movie. <laughs> I didn't either. I honestly didn't okay. either. Um, but of course, you know, everyone knows who he is now. Uh, was it Parks and Rec? Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Okay. So, and he was, of course, a big part of that show. And he's also in Wanted for one scene. He gets punched with a keyboard. Hmm. Oh, yeah. He has the, the co-workers and they. Yeah, he. he yeah. Hmm. That movie's okay. Yeah, I never saw it, um, but it's cool. Like you, you will learn a lot of this guy from just him dancing around, all you know, carefree, kind of corny, kind of doofy. He's clearly like you know mid. He's not super young, so he's probably in his thirties. 
Um, I'm guessing based on just the timeline, it was 26 years, so figure mid mid 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's kind of doofy, but you'll see in a bit he is very capable and good at what he does. But he just seems like a doof, and it's great. It's it's about the silliest character we've seen in the MCU. That's unabashedly silly, and it's and it, it's very hilarious. Fun. And this song, like I I'm not a big fan, so I'm actually listening to the song right now as we're talking, and. <laughs> It it works though for that scene. Like I remember when I first saw it in theaters, and when I saw it last night, I was still laughing my ass off. It's, it's still <laughs> just funny as hell. And even though I was in a terrible mood, it 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 brought. I'm like, all right, I feel a little better for this moment. I feel yes. better. Yeah, and it's like you said, Mike. You, until this point, you don't know what kind of mood you're get because everything's so stoic and subdued. And then he hits that play button, and it's like, oh, okay, it's gonna be this kind of movie. I'm yep. on board now. So I, I was yeah. actually. In the theaters with my my younger niece, my well, of course she's younger. My niece, who was like maybe ten at the time. Hey, they don't have to be younger. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, fine. I have a friend who his nieces are his, his nieces and nephews are older than him. Oh, weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guardians two thousand. So she would have been fourteen, and she said that after the movie she was not on board until he started dancing around. She's like, okay, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun, lighthearted movie. So I can get on board with that. Yeah, you don't expect it. It establishes tone immediately. Who who would have thought? And that, and come and get your love is a great song. I I mm-hmm. think it's pretty fantastic, and uh, it's a good song. Dancing around to it, dancing like you would. Not you personally. Not you guys. I don't know how you guys dance. I mean, dance I, like I, I would. Don't. You know, in my living room while I'm vacuuming. You know, it's it's really silly. It's very fun, and I mean, uh, I definitely sets the tone for what we're about to experience um, as far as the characters and, go. You know, grab mice and start singing into them, but hey, you know. Well, listen, hey, whatever you got, right? Tooth, uh, <laughs> your, your hair brushes, you know, whatever. The handle of the vacuum, little creature, you know, in space. Yeah, whatever you got. But it, it, it is hilarious. And even like when you get to the scene, when you get the power stone, and it kind of reminds you like Indiana Jones in a way, which this movie has tons and tons of, I felt like, 80s movies references all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah. I, I, that one felt like Indiana Jones. You, you, you see the thing, you think he's going to, and then he just puts a little magnetic magnetic piece down to suck it up. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I was I waiting for him to, you know, get a bake of sand. I love all of his tech that he shows off throughout this scene and a couple other ones later on. Oh, even even the part like right after the, after he gets the stone and, and the guys show up and and they're like, I'm star. Like he's like, I'm something about star. They're like, who? I love that because it's just perfect because everyone's going. Who? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who the fuck Star Lord is. Well, he gets yeah. another 80s reference right before that where the, the guy keeps poking him with his gun. He's like, dang it, Ninja Turtle, stop poking me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's good. Again, it's showing him, you know, it's it shows him to be as like a vulnerable character. Like he's not an Iron Man. He's not a he's not a Captain America. But again, he's capable. He's got all his toys. He's got his rocket boosters. He's got all the, the fun stuff to kind of handle the situation. He's kind of almost like a like a Han Solo. Where again he's scrappy, you know, and he'll just figure it out and and very kind of scrappy, cocksure, just very fun. Again, unlike we've seen so far in the MCU. So that's a really good way to put it, though. Like I I forgot about the turtle room too, but just the fact that he is kind of like a Han Solo. Yeah, he has and his he's, own ship. He he's kind of like a, a playboy type character at first. He's a he's a junker, right? He kind of is a he's a runner of things and stuff, you know, and a scrapper. Yeah, it's got a very Han Solo vibe to it. And yeah, he's just and he's got uh, cool moves and he shows off a little bit of what he can do, showing us not only is he doofy and likable, but he's very good at uh, kind of getting out of getting out of jams. 
that's what, that's what makes this movie so interesting. Like right, you know, right off in the bat when he, when they're trying to capture him, he breaks free from them real quick. And you and I don't think you have a song playing, but you just have a bunch of you know action, and it's just it's just cool. Like you see guys coming up, you see them fighting. You have I think you have a dumb scene where he gets on the ship and he's trying to get the ship running, and then they're sitting there activating a cannon, trying to put a cannon together. And I, all I could think of was, was Empire Strikes Back when they're trying to set up the cannon up and they're getting the Millennium Falcon to go. That's what popped in my head. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. But, again, it might have, maybe that's what they were kind of going for. That's what yeah. it, it reminded me of that, where, you know, you just have the guys coming, they're like, oh, and they just start building it real fast. Or like they did that in Mandalorian, too, just that same idea of, like, of another Star Wars, like a Star Wars 80s reference. And they love their Star Wars references in Empire Strikes Back right now, so you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Makes sense. I mean, even his ship is called the Milano, probably named after Alyssa Milano, because if he was a kid in 88, it would have been right hot oh. on the heels of commando in 85 good, good also call. what good year call. was who's the boss oh, she was on that. late Somewhere 80s yeah. late 80s yeah and I remember watching she, that the milano yeah, I, I watched every big, episode of that show so did i she was a big star that's mm. funny i didn't even catch that good 1984 good so yeah that that makes that would that would fit too i mean she like you said commando you would add who's the boss so yeah <laughs> i wonder if that was good. part of it okay i guess but we yeah, asked a question he, he, i didn't have no that's fine <laughs> and, and, and then i like the fact that the Again, this is one of those weird things in these movies. It happened also in, um, I think, yeah, in Winter Soldier, where they just mount a cannon as you're trying to, like, so, like, when <laughs> Nick Fury's getting, they just mount this, like, battering ram we, we enjoyed so much in, in his car. They just mount this cannon to basically take down the ship. So, again, there's lots of good stakes here to being chased. He's being chased. He's got, you know, got to get the stuff to avoid. Again, fun showing him he's really good at spaceship. I loved when he uh, when he was finally took off and the cannon goes off and he just tilts it to the right, like makes it go horizontal or vertical rather. Super cool. Again, <laughs> showing him good pilot. Right, we're, we're learning stuff about this character as he does it, and uh, it's very fun, very exciting. There's no like songs from mixtape on there. It's just a score. There is a score to this movie, guys. Like everyone forgot about. There's an actual real <laughs> score. That was written that. by somebody that was not Blue Swede. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty good. It's great. Go. It's, it's a little tip. overshadowed by the by the licensed music. <laughs> yeah, as you would expect. I had to put back on Come and Get Your Love now after that comment. So. <laughs> but <laughs> I did laugh my ass off. I had for completely forgotten where the woman climbs out of the car. And he's like, I forgot you were here. And so I was like myself, I forgot you were there, too. Can't remember her name. Just yeah, no, I don't think she has a. I don't think she has another scene. No, um, I don't think not so. her. Yeah. But that those the red skin people. Like, that sounds terrible. But I can't. <laughs> yeah, red skin people. They show up throughout this movie as in different places. So they kind of like establish them as a different one of the different races that are in this part of the galaxy. So and it it does do a very Star Wars thing later in this movie too that I'm, I'm going to have to talk about. I'm going to talk about right now. One of my pet peeves is how, especially in Star Wars or like a lot of things, every planet is one city, like just one city. That's the whole <laughs> they only have one capital. There are no other countries. There are just this one city you're bombing. Like you're not trying to fight the whole planet. You're trying to fight a city. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, I, I, that's very funny. They focus on one place, but I guess, you know, the empire is not going to focus on, you know, the village of Wandu, you know, no, but, on, on Tatooine. Like, they're like, like there's 10 people there. If we became the feder, you know, if we became the federation like you have in Star Trek, I feel like there would be multiple areas around the world that are big hubs where if something's going down, they're all fighting, not just like oh, we're going after one capital city. Yeah, well, Star Trek's a different thing. No, Star Trek's about planetary exploration. This is, yeah, I get it. That's pretty funny. I never I mean, really thought about it. I know. I never thought about it. Yeah, they, they, they got it right with Alderaan anyway. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I watched a lot of Star Wars in the last this year, so 
that's what it came from. But oh, it had, and then I have in my notes a second song, but I can't remember what song plays at this part. And when, when, uh, uh after the girl pops out, he plays you know, some song. Well, he's oh, on the ship. I, so I know we good. hear the radio talk about the decree peace treaty. Yeah. Which, right. We hear about the, yeah, we hear about the peace treaty he, and Yandu calls. He's on the ship here. Oh, so I guess it's uh, Peter gets back on his ship after stealing the orb. So it's a song called Go All the Way from the Raspberries. Oh, that one. OK. Yeah, it's it's fine. It doesn't it's, it's, need it's, to be mentioned too far. <laughs> it's fine. It's a perfectly decent song. Yeah, I it's forgot okay. that was there, but yeah, it, I couldn't. I mean, it just shows you I couldn't even remember what it was. Like I knew it was there, but I didn't even put it in my notes what the name of the song was. Yeah. And, and this I know point, the song. Yeah, at this point, this is when Yondu calls and it's says, yeah, very funny. Again, we get introduced to him, who's really good. I always, for the longest time, like just like Michael, uh, no, it's just like uh, Mike, when he uh, talks about, you say, he, we say that he, you have a hard time sometimes saying words. It's, it's just sometimes it's okay. I mean, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I know remember actors. I don't know who they were. Remember I was saying Terrence Howard was, was somebody else from the Avenger or sorry, from, uh, from Iron Man. I thought for years, this was Woody Harrelson. <laughs> is, I can see that. It is not Woody Harrelson. It is Michael Rooker. Is that right? Yeah. Meryl from walking dead is where a lot of people would know him from. Okay. Oh, see, I never watched walking dead. So that's, that's okay. why I wouldn't know it. He's only um, one season. Oh no, he's in, eh, he's in a couple seasons, but you don't need to. And he's he he is my wife kept saying, no, it's not he's not Woody Harrelson. And this time I knew. <laughs> Every time I watched it with her, she's like, stop with that. But it's not him. It's like so Kilmer and Val Kilmer and Iron Man. 3 oh God! I, again. I, <laughs> yeah. Not about that. But, uh, no, it's just like I, I like that part where he's like, don't answer the phone, and she answered the phone anyway. Like, that was funny. <laughs> I'm like, you were talking about the Cree thing. I mean, they go back and forth talking about the Cree War, but it, it doesn't really, like, yes, it's part of the plot, but at the same time, it doesn't really matter. In mm-hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D., they are referencing the Cree more than they do in these movies until Captain Marvel. I didn't get it. I was kind of going through it, and I didn't wasn't trying to follow along as what they were saying, but there's not much context. They're kind of giving you the backstory as to why uh, Ronan is so so uh, pissed off, basically, but a lot of that flew over my head. I was In the comics... Enjoying- there's the Kree and the Skrull who fight each other. I mean, they're in this movie. They're in these later movies too, and they're a big galactic war. And that's kind of what they're referencing, kind of, because they were trying to get more space stuff started to go that way eventually. Which I'm assuming we're going to be heading in next when if we ever get Phase Four. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what, how it was. But yeah, no, it's it just like it's a really small Easter egg that doesn't really need to be there later on, in my opinion. Yeah. You didn't need it. Yeah, like Bill said, it's just trying to give Ronan motivation, but. I mean, they've done more with the less in previous movies, so. Uh, Ronan is Ronan's another one of those characters I had never heard of until this movie. I had no idea who Ronan the Accuser was. Yeah, and he's not good, so we'll we'll get there too. I don't <laughs> I don't like him as a as a villain. I just got You don't it like as... the way you first see him when he's getting his baptism, I called it, where he just <laughs> he's just laying there naked in a pool of black slime from the Alien Covenant movie. It, it reminded me of. That's fine. I that's fine for again for the longest time. I was I forgot his name was Ronan, so I was just calling him Scary Face. And <laughs> I mean, he had to put makeup on before he kills. So scary. Well, face. I mean, listen, put your best face on before you murder somebody <laughs> with a giant hammer. Please don't. Uh, can't go there looking like a looking like a hot mess. Um, I like I liked how they wiped him down and then threw dirt on him. Like, <laughs> right. What? <laughs> This is the sticky gel for the yellow dirt to go on. It was like they were ritualistic. They actually mentioned he was part of like a more like extremist religious sect, I think, of the and what what race? He's not he's a Cree. He's no, he's Cree, not. He's Cree. He is Cree. Okay. And um Cree are blue, skull are green. Scroll. And was it Scroll? 
They're not in this movie, but they're not in this movie. Okay, so he's going after Xandar for whatever. Uh, oh, because not right, in right. this movie because they don't own the rights to them at this time. <laughs> oh, so did they, um, mention, Skrull... they mention? Hang on, sorry. So they. Oh, so let me just back up a little bit. We missed the fact that uh, uh, that Yondu puts a forty thousand uh, credit, oh, yeah, forty thousand uh, credit bounty on that. So that explains what why he's after. Yeah, basically put a bounty on him. I want him back because he kind of screwed him by getting the power stone. Yeah, so they were supposed to do it together, and he went by himself and did right. it. Right. So he's but that. So so just to cover that that base. So back to um, Scary Face. So so yeah, go did, ahead. So n- normally the Kree always fight the scroll in the comic. But since Fox had owned Fantastic Four, they owned a lot. Fantastic Four was the first one that really used a lot of space things. So they owned a lot of space things. Like they owned Urgle from Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Fox did, before they were made a trade. I want to say Fox owned the Kree too, and they owned the Scrolls. The Scrolls play a big part in Fantastic Four where the Kree don't. I think they made a deal to give them the Kree back and kept the Scrolls for themselves. Till later when they made another deal. This is like a baseball team, like, like, it's all, so, like trading properties. This it's is not, and weird. it's also not very like it's not very talked about. I mean, I know it because I've looked up the stuff, but they they keep it quiet. They didn't like telling people what they didn't own, what they did own. But I, I mean, people would figure it out based on what 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 was introduced in what in what books. So yeah, they and didn't the, have access. And to the Scree or Scree appear in the MCU in my, in, uh, towards the end, right? The scroll, the scroller in the Captain right. Marvel movie first. Yeah. That's it, Captain Marvel. And I remember people freaking out about the scroll, like, oh, they're very important. I'm like, what? Yeah, there's the whole storyline of the scroll invasion where a bunch of Marvel characters were actually scrolls in disguise. So they kind of hinted that in the Captain Marvel trailers, but it didn't really pan out the That's same. Interesting. That's interesting. Anyway, so yeah, so Scary Face clubs a dude with a giant hammer. Man, does he? That, that's like Gallagher smashing a watermelon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty it's brutal. brutal. Yeah, I didn't like it, but I figured you might. Oh, Listen, who do you who are you talking to? Yeah, no, I know. I went yay. <laughs> was my I'm like, oh, I'm glad that they. I'm like, I'm glad they kept going. I, I just had hammer time written in my notes. <laughs> hammer time. Uh, I can't. Also, not, I I want to hear the song, but I can't. Take, figure out <laughs> oh, hammer! Time. That's very good. So we basically and, learn about Scary Face, and he, do we? I don't think we see. So we see Gamora and yeah, see, Nebula. Yeah, and this. This is like one part where I feel like they didn't really like plan out everything exactly. Like you have Gamora and Nebula working with Ronan because Thanos put them there to work with him. But Thanos doesn't. I, I didn't like this part because it feels like they even realized they made a mistake. Because at the end of the movie, they try to change it too. They kind of go like, ah, Drax, Drax like, oh, I killed Ronan. I avenged my family. But it was really Thanos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Get there, But it, it just to me kind of felt like. They didn't really know what to do with the villain in this movie, and they maybe they weren't willing to give them, you know, they didn't want to use a big villain. Like, Ron is not a big villain. Yeah, uh, he's not very good. Because his, his only motivation is, well, his, he's he's subservient to Thanos, so he's a, but that's really all he is. He's just kind of one of Thanos's henchmen, even though he has a, you know, fancy mm-hmm. castle with Goopy lays in, but it just seemed, it for me, it just seemed like he was a henchman that tries to get over on Thanos which is silly in retrospect Kinda, but he's not in my I, opinion but that's this, how they yeah that's how i kind of paint him i, I don't remember yeah. him really any other exposition about him being this all-powerful you know wannabe god you know like he thought he was going to be with the power stone so for me it was just like okay this guy's got a creepy face he's super overacting like whoa <laughs> we're it in there 
hang on. Yeah, uh, you are not wrong. I forget what actor plays him. I want to say, I'm looking at the list and there's no context to said list. Is it Lee Pace? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, it's hard yeah. to tell yeah. because if Lee you Pace. click on the actor, like, well, he's not blue, so I can't tell in the picture. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he played Ronan. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. I've so. never, I don't, I mean, this is hard to recognize anybody because, you know, <laughs> you can't really tell. He was in The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies, just there and dull. Oh, he's the he's the main character in Pushing Daisies. Never good seen show. It. It's Never pretty good. Either. And he's in Wonder Falls, which is another good show that no one knows about. Okay. Never heard of that either. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Okay. Off, cool. off camera. <laughs> but yeah, just like a working camera. actor. He I I just think he's super over the top in this one. Like, whoa, whoa, daddy. Rain it in. Yeah, but, no, uh, I, I agree. Like it I it doesn't need to be, but I guess because he's playing a heretic type or not a oh a very a religious zealot, not heretic. Religious heretic character, maybe that's what they went for. But yeah. I don't know. I mean it, you do get introduced to Gamora. Gamora is another character that I had no idea who the fuck she was either. I didn't know any of these characters. Right. <laughs> no one did. And I mean I like it, to me it just felt weird that like I was saying before that he had that he had them with him, even though I, I guess he's a it, to me, it was just weird. And when he sends, you know, Gamora and then volunteers to go get the stone, she had no loyalty to Ronan. And I feel like Thanos wouldn't have wanted anyone else to have the stones but him in the first place. Like, I can't see him being, oh, go get the power stone, give it to him, and then he'll give it to me. Just give it to me. <laughs> and that's why I feel like they were kind of weren't exactly sure what they were doing at this point with some of the plans. Maybe I'm just looking at this too deep and I shouldn't yeah. be. But either way, Gamora looks cool. Nebula looks cool, even though I had no idea who she is, but... I really like what they do with her character as th- as things progress. I thought for sure the first time I saw this that there was a uh, Rachel Lee Cook was Nebula. Rachel Lee Cook. Why does that sound really familiar? She's all that. Do anything for you? No. She's like the main, the the female lead in that. You recognize her? Yeah. <laughs> Google will tell me everything I need to know because yes, Mike won't. Yes, so. consult the Google, the Oracle yeah. that is Google. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, yeah. I, the the intro to the Gamora and and uh, Nebula is good. You know, she clearly, she, yeah, like you said, the, the fact that she's, you know, working against Ronan is really well hidden. You know, clearly they both are, you know, capable and strong, you know, warriors of sorts. So, uh, yeah, this is good. Just getting more set up. We're getting everything going. Really? You referenced the 1999 movie, She's All That, with Freddie Prince Jr. That was the way yeah. you are giving me? Yep. Wow. Oh, yes. I, Freddie I'm Prince sorry. Jr. I, I was all of a sudden, I'm like, huh. And I looked, I'm like, I saw the cover. I'm like, really? That's okay. Yeah. All right, listen. <laughs> I don't. I've never seen it, so I. I, can't I haven't either. It. It's a very teenager movie. All right, there we go. So back to important. And <laughs> I do love the way that how Rocket enters in in this movie. Like you have him looking through the camera, you know, trying to find a bounty or something, which fits Rocket. I mean, I didn't know who Rocket was really, but <laughs> that's gonna be said a lot in this episode. And I do like you get the Stan Lee cam where he calls him a pervert or something. He's like, look at that guy. Yeah, yeah. It's cute. He's like Where's talking your wife. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was, it's funny it was it, funny. actually hear what he says he says something like do you like cartoons to this <laughs> young girl <laughs> that's good it's very funny uh, it was actually his idea to get marvel into the cartoons and move to move to california oh wow that's awesome okay. because he wanted to move to california and this way they would pay for it hey that's what it not? was like he he <laughs> said in interviews he said i wanted to go there and i was like hey i get to move there and i they'll yeah so that's all it was cool yeah, I mean, I, how do you guys feel about the performance? We'll just talk about Rocket and Groot since they're both introduced here. Bradley Cooper and oh. someone I don't remember, but Vin Diesel. Sean- oh, it's right. It is so Vin, Vin Diesel. Yeah, Vin Diesel's yeah. group. Yes. Uh, Bradley Cooper is completely unrecognizable as a Rocket. Like no every time I hear it, I cannot hear Bradley Cooper in there anywhere. Nope. 
Nope. It's he's 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 fantastic. I really like Rocket as a character. You get a little more depth from him. Um, at the very beginning, he's just a jerk and he's just mean and in for himself. And you know, clearly he's he really even grows. in this scene when he takes when he sees the the little girl. I forgot exactly what oh, he yeah. says. <laughs> he, <laughs> he makes fun of a little. You, you think it's yes. cool to get help? Walk yeah, by yourself, yeah. you little gargoyle. <laughs> That's right. Uh, very funny, but in that kind of mean spirited way. And it's just it's it's just playful enough to not really hate hate the guy and clearly he's a, a no good nick and Groot is just so lovable and dumb from the very minute he's drinking out of the fountain and just <laughs> denying uh, it yeah that was exactly funny. i i forgot but that scene really was funny yeah really i, I like all this part you know and, and then when rocket sees quills down he's like oh 40 000 we'll be rich for a little bit or something like that i said yeah but it's all hilarious yep just looking up for bounties and seeing uh, quill and he's like yep i got got this little payday oh we're gonna be rich and what be what begins a really fun game of one upmanship mm. where each get so then you know he's battling against Quill and then Gamora gets in there and starts battling everybody, all kind of fighting for the stone. Um have we had the scene where That's right be- right before he goes to try to sell the stone, that's, that's when we right. find out where he says we'll just... it's Ronan is after it, and the guy kicks him out of there and is like, Nope, 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 not dealing with you. Yeah, that's basically right. he's like, Yep, not happen not having that happen. Um, and that's when he comes out and meets Gamora. Um, again, being Quill, kind of ta- starts talking her up a bit. <laughs> well, when you first see her, when he first sees her, I shouldn't say we, but he first sees her, I think she's either eating something or like has something yeah. in her mouth and she's, she's just like, like very innocent. Cutting up an apple with a pocket knife or something. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. that pocket knife is going to pay off? In like oh, four yeah. Movies. Shit. Four movies. Good catch. Very I didn't good. catch it until you just said pocket knife. I'm like, <laughs> wow. Oh. Yep, didn't piece it together. Yeah, it was, got, it was good a job. I, I do like it when he tries to sell the orb and just kicked out. And then like that's when you're talking about you had the one up and shit where they keep it goes back and forth, back and forth, them trying to beat each other up and catch Groot and fighting like, or not catch Groot, catch catch Quill. It, it it's hilarious. Like it works. It's a nice yeah. little action scene. Get to see more of Quill's awesome tech with like the trip wires and the rocket booster that he puts on Gamora. Which is <laughs> so clever. Again, very again, very think on his feet. Clever. Again, again, I'm gonna say Han Solo a hundred times. I'll stop. <laughs> no, you're again, right though. It's yep. true, right? Again, it's he has his little gravity thing that he sucks up the. Uh, is that in this part too, or he has a little gravity thing that he sucks uh, up the stone with, or is that later? That was that was earlier on uh, Morag. He, yeah, we oh, didn't right. where he sucks. That was guy, yeah. yeah, he uses that again to suck up like three of the the unnamed soldiers. It's fun. He's each Ninja one Turtles. getting the upper hand on each other. So it's, again, it's showing um, they kind of they have different skill sets. You know, Rocket just has giant guns that he pulls from nowhere. <laughs> um, also, there's a scene in here. Was this in 3D? Because there's shots in this movie where I could swear they were done for 3D. Oh, probably. This would have been like right at the height of 3D. I think this was. Yeah, I guess this would have been 3D. Was was the new hotness? And there are shots like like when um, Rocket pulls out his giant gun that kind of flips out. You know, it kind of flips out longer and longer. That shot looked like okay. That's just for that's for 3D. So we can like see his awesome gun in awesome 3D, which isn't that awesome, but. <laughs> I just just kind of wanted to make that point. Like I was curious about that because there was a couple of scenes, especially with Rocket for some reason. And uh, yeah, this is a great scene. It's fun, fun action. Everyone trying to get up one up on each other. And finally, I forget who wins, quote unquote. Yeah. Oh, they all get arrested. Uh, they put, no one they does. put him in the bag first, and you have you know, within that scene. <laughs> also, we have <laughs> to mention Groot gets his arm cut off by Gamora. Both of them. Another Empire Strikes Back reference. <laughs> oh, the next one. there it is. If you really hey, want to stretch mention it. it. 
if you want to stretch, it could be, oh sorry, if you want to be Every, a stretch, it, it could be a, a Monty Python Holy Grail moment too, where yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, John I, Cleese. I know what you're talking about, but I've never seen it. You oh, know what? Gosh. I mean, listen, if you had a point value, it would have dropped 10 right there. Come on. Now. It's been got on it. my list to watch for years. I just never got around to it. That's uh, a classic. Anyway, I'm so, kidding. Uh, no, <laughs> you're fine. I, I know I should watch it. I just don't care. But this is also when you have them getting they get arrested by the Xandar government police. Yeah, the Nova Corps. The Nova Corps. OK, this shows up. Who shows up? John C. Riley. Oh, yeah. Wrecker Ralph. Awesome. John C. Riley is more than Wreck-It Ralph. He is fantastic. He's a, he's a wonderful actor. Magnolia, he's yeah. great in it. He plays the bumbling cop who tries to save the, save the, uh, you know, emotionally save the, um, the drug addict. And it's just yeah. whenever, whenever he talks, all I hear is Wreck-It Ralph. That's fair. That's fair. And Wreck-It Ralph is wonderful too. First one is yeah. Yeah, agreed. Never <laughs> saw the second. Uh, there's two good scenes in it. No, really. <laughs> well, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty harsh. I don't nah, need to it's buy not, it. It's not as good. It just doesn't have the same match. But we're, we're not here for that. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I always have to bring up because every movie there is a reference for Empire Strikes Back. Someone getting their arm cut off for some d- you know, dumb reason. Yeah, so, I think I even mentioned in uh, Winter Soldier that I couldn't think of who, who got it in this one. That, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, Ant-Man's another one that you won't see coming. But we'll get to that in a couple weeks. But I, what I do want to say is with the Nova Corps, for those that don't know... When I when you think of Nova, you think of Nova's a Marvel character that puts mm-hmm. on a helmet, has the same three stars, and it's like a human bullet type of thing. Is one way to put it. Very very powerful character, and they they never have him in this movie. Like every, I always thought they were going to like that was yeah. like when, and they just they I think they maybe tease him a little bit, but they never show him. Yeah, he's. He, I don't think he's ever been mentioned in the MCU. Like, I, how do you have Nova without Nova? It doesn't I, I, make sense. Yeah. I, it's like I, making I, a Venom movie without Spider-Man. That's interesting. That's <laughs> interesting. I never thought of that uh, character. I never heard of that character. I just know the PBS show about science, uh, Nova, <laughs> when I was a kid. But uh, yeah, I, that's interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah, so no, that's, maybe that's a, a maybe that's something that'll be addressed in the, the he next was phase. Supposed to be. I think he's been mentioned. He's supposed to be in Guardians of the Galaxy three. Again, three kind of got messed up because of they fired James Gunn and rehired James Gunn because of all the all the issues they had. Right. So it's hard to say what's going to happen with that. Well, as I was, was going to say, does somebody else own him? Is like this Fox? No, they own, own him. him. Does like does like the this WB one... own this guy? Like he just they just bought him at a garage sale. Mm. Like, oh, she okay. This Nova thing for a thousand oh, bucks. I, mean, I guess it's all because in the '90s Marvel was going bankrupt, so they were just selling off all their properties to try to make money to stay afloat. And that's how you ended up with like Universal, I think, still owns Namor. Maybe Namor's back, but I feel like somebody owned Namor that, yeah, Universal used to own Namor at least. And apparently at one point, at least from this list I found uh, in 2014, Lionsgate Entertainment owned Man Thing. (laughs) Thank you, Keith. That's right. Marvel can just send some guys over with some baseball bats and track pants and just be like, hey, bring him over. This is also like when you first see the Nova, the the Nova Corps, which are just like people that, you know, wear a suit and are police officers, apparently. And it's also when you have like you have a little bit where they're talking to Cree and you have Gwyneth, Gwyneth Falt, no, not Gwyneth Falter, Gwyneth, God, what the hell is her name? Gwyneth, I know it, but I can't think of it. Glenn Close? Glenn Close. Wow, I was off. Yes, Glenn Close. Talking to the Cree guy for no reason. Yeah, it's the same. (laughs) I know. I'm, I'm, I like this movie, but like I said, I'm not, yeah, I'm being nitpicky today. That's fine. I mean, yeah, she's fine. They kind of set up what the Nova Corps is, and and they're clearly um, panicked about uh, the clear panic about Ronan, which is rightfully so. 
I'm trying to remember what the um, yeah. So I, that's that's right. I wrote down the Korean the whatever people want to help. I'm like I don't. <laughs> I, I, I kind of I kind of blanked on it. It's no. It's, no, it's the Zandarines or Zandars. Xandar yeah. and Creed. Zand- they have a peace treaty. A peace treaty. That's it. They have a and peace they're trying treaty. to get him to agree to just you know to tell Ronan you know to condone what Ronan is doing. They won't do that. Yeah, that's fine. And that's oh. yeah. So that's that's kind of where that was. Again, a lot of the backstory between the Kree and the Zandarians and unnecessary. The tree, I it wasn't unnecessary. I just missed it. I just kind of because again, I'm kind of reeling from all the fun. I want to stick with the characters. I don't want to yeah. hang out with these boring people who are talking about peace treaties. I want, yeah, you know, I want to hang out with the Guardians because I've now liked them so much. They're fun, and it's not just the action. It's just learning about these characters, which we do in like this kind of like rogues gallery moment. Uh, when they're actually being processed <laughs> at the uh, at the Clin or the Kine or the whatever they call it, the prison planet. Oh, uh, I forget the name of it, but yeah, you have the you have the mug shot with the background in full part. That that that's funny as hell. That's still funny. Yeah, it's pretty great. I mean, that's when they definitely have that line. What a bunch of a hoes. Yeah, yeah, it's Pete. very funny. I couldn't do Pete. the British accent, but it, it's funny. It's Pete from Shaun of the Dead, the uh, uh, oh. Simon Pegg's roommate that turns zombie. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's cool. I love that movie. That's fantastic. Very cool. I do like the part when you have when you have uh, Star Lord and he's winding his hand like oh and, and he, he flips him <laughs> off. It's like oh I didn't know that was gonna happen like that that that's funny. I wonder if that was ad libbed or not. Like I wouldn't be surprised. Do. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he's he's got comedy uh, kind of chops like that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was him just messing about. Really I'm, funny. When they send him to prison, like all that's funny. You see the guard with the Walkman. He's listening to it. He's like, hey, put that down. And I really love this part where. He so he the guard has the Walkman that his that was his mother's and he and he start he goes to attack the guard he goes after the guard and they start playing hooked on a feeling while he's getting shocked <laughs> they start shocking him and you hear hooked on a feeling it's it's great and we, no that actually made me gag because that song is you, horrendous that like is that song? Oh, that song is it's not gross it's just unnecessary and doesn't need to be on this planet. So I, I Why don't can't... you like it? Is there a reason? I'm just curious. No, it's not a it's not offensive. It's just crappy. Like listen, no song should begin with Uga Chaga, Uga Chaga. <laughs> like no, it's not a it's not a lyric, it's not a sound that anyone should make. Yes, no, it's just bad. It's just it's really stiff. It's a very stiff song. They sound like they're trying to have fun when they're really not. It's kind of like uh, it reminds me a lot of, and the next song that they play on the soundtrack is exactly this. It's almost <laughs> a sort of song, like it's a sort of song you'd hear on a cruise liner yeah. by a reggae <laughs> band that, yeah. like, like, a very white reggae band who <laughs> doesn't understand the flow and rhythms of reggae. They just understand upbeats, and I don't know. It's just not good. I don't know why people like this song so much. It's really I, bad. I only <laughs> like it because of this movie. Like that really feel, Bill. I know. Yeah, sorry. No, right song, now. I just dislike the song so much. I don't know why. It's just heard a irksome it song. I don't know. Way too many times. And my buddy, this is like I was talking earlier, he kept playing this song. <laughs> I kept hear. I'd, I'd be off doing something. I walk over and I hear Uga Chaka. I'm like, God oh, damn it. Here we go it's, again. The song is kind of like if you ever buy like discount Christmas music from no name people and they, they try to play like Jingle Bell Rock, but instead of playing it with a little bit of swing to it, it's Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. <laughs> My mom had a tape like that where it was like Country Christmas and it was all these songs by no name people covering you know classic Christmas songs and there was Jingle Bell Rock and it was it was the whitest rendition of Jingle Bell Rock like wow like beyond christian contemporary like it was really just horrendous and that's what this song is i don't know why people like it 
People only like it because it's ironic. That's really the only reason I think people enjoy it. Because you can't enjoy that melody or that Uga Chaga at all. Just bad. And it's a cover. <laughs> it's a cover, actually. It's a it's cover? A, yeah. It's a cover of like a 50s, like, not soul song. It's like a, oh, like a 50s lounge song almost uh, from like, you know, kind of one of those like loungy type singers. It's not a terrible Did song. Start off Uga Chaka, Uga No, because they're idiots and they start songs like that. Blue Swede stinks and they're <laughs> no good. It's the only song they ever had. Uh, as a hit, like they never had another hit after that. I never it's, heard of them otherwise. So it's oh, it's just bad. It's just really. I'm sorry. I'll stop. I think Bill's stop. working through some stuff here. I really am. I guess I don't know why. I don't. I never had a public forum to share <laughs> my disdain for this song. The world has to know. The world has to know. I'll stop. I just yeah. This is. It, but it doesn't. I'll be honest though. I'll be honest. It doesn't hurt the scene. All right, because it's you know clearly. I love the fact that it establishes his connection with that Walkman. Like he is willing to go through lengths to get that back, as we learned a little bit later. And uh, yeah, it's, so it works for the scene and it definitely works for his personality and what it what that does. But as far as a piece of music, it is just you're not wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm looking through their music. I don't real, I don't recognize any of these songs. And I listened to 70s music a lot when I was a kid. No, they never had another hit. They're yeah. they're one hitters. <laughs> yeah, you were not wrong. So, I, yeah, but you are right. It does like. <laughs> I thought I did that. Uh, it, you are right when it comes to like it. It does help like show you how much that means to him, even when he's in a bad situation. He still is when he shouldn't. He should be worried about himself, not worried about a you know an item. But it means so much to him because it was a gift by, from his mother. And this Which, is also when you you have when they walk into the prison and everybody wants to kill Gamora. I do like that. I like how it you know, establishes that she is known throughout the galaxy as one of Thanos's daughters. Well, is she known as Thanos's daughters, or is she known as one of Ronan's henchmen? I couldn't. That I wasn't clear on. That is a good. Ronan is not as bad as they make him seem in this movie. Well, they in this movie they make it seem, him seem like an absolute horrible monster that just goes through. I mean, he's know, bad, but not he's not Thanos who went around and has destroyed worlds and has a giant army. Yeah, Ronan's got one ship. But we don't know what Than we don't know what Thanos is yet. Like we yeah, we still they... don't. And from a guard from a moviegoer standpoint, who doesn't know the MCU, like there's. You don't know what yeah, he they, is. Yeah, they, they keep that card close to them, too, for a long yeah, time. You also got your, your your sexy Chris Pratt moment. And there's always, it seems like oh. there's always one. <laughs> there's always one when he gets, like, oiled down with the thing, and he's just yeah, that, he's got his buffness going on. I was like, oh, oh and they're, okay. And, they're, and during that whole scene, they keep like you're, they keep playing, hooked on a feeling, you know, for you. So. <laughs> well, just, yeah, just for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's also you get a neat little moment when um when you see Rocket coming out like a little little sad moment where he's coming out of the the shower and he's all like frail and small looking after especially after you look at Chris Pratt's buffness <laughs> and you see the little cyber stuff on his back like all the like his spine and whatnot like mm. clearly he's been augmented in some way and yeah, Chris Pratt kind of gives him a look like oh like in the previous scene Quill calls him a raccoon he's like what's a raccoon he's like it's what you are he's, there's only one thing like me and it's me and he's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. No, <laughs> I forget his backstory, but you know, in like in the comics and stuff. I mean, they talk about. A, I don't. They never really go deep. They never really dig into it in any of the, in any of these movies to say like where he came from or why he is a or who did it to him. I don't think they say. I don't think so. No, they never get into it. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters to me because I I like <laughs> I like backstory, but it doesn't matter in the movie. I mean, so, and, oh, the same thing with Groot because every time someone sees him for the first time, they're like, "What is that thing?" It's like, "Where did he come from?" Yeah, the only person who's ever confused by Groot or recognizes him is the uh, collector. Now, oh. Other than that, everyone's just kind of like, "What? What are? What are you, walking tree person?" 
Oh, and fun fact, he was inspired, Rocket Raccoon was inspired by the Beatles song, Rocky Raccoon. <sighs> Interesting. So. Yeah, late Beatles. Yeah, not a great song. No, it's not. <laughs> Isn't it White Album, too? Yeah, White Album. Yeah. Oh, God, the White, White Album Al- is what happens when you do tons and tons of drugs and don't give a shit. Yes, yes, people need to stop celebrating the White Album. It's Happiness cool. is a warm gun, right there. That's one of the songs on the album that they go, hmm, there's something wrong here, guys. <laughs> yep. <sighs> they called it the White Album for a reason. Well, it's also one their. Uh, it's also one of their last things that they did before they broke up. I want to say it wasn't that far away from Abbey Road. I think if I remember, if I'm remembering my one other before Abbey Road, I think. Anyway, I don't know. I don't These know. These are very important stuff. questions our fans need to know. Yes, they were all curious about. Because we all talk about Beatles <laughs> in the show. Right. Yes, they long, they they, oh. they downloaded the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, podcast show to hear about the Beatles discography. Yes, that's exactly what they did. There are some very good, good songs in this album, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's very good. Okay, yeah. that. Um, so it, it I, I did I did laugh at the part when you had the big blue guy comes up to, oh. to, to Quill and you know he's like you know I mean like I guess how prison is I I don't know but like the, when they're what they're going for in here that whole thing about prison and group shoves the uh, branches up his nose. Uh, yes. Do they go out his head? Because you hear no. something crack. No, okay. I I took that as it went like, through his. It's basically. Basically gave him a COVID nineteen test. Where they stick a <laughs> stick a giant Q tip through his nasal cavity, down his sinuses, almost to his throat. That's what I was thinking, and I'm like, that is not pleasant because he's just sitting there with that. That's no good. And it's also good too because it shows uh, Rocket and uh, Groot's connection. Like Groot's there, and it's one of the first times we really see Groot do something. Not yeah, I guess violent. It, do something pretty violent. We've seen him as this kind of lovable tree person. He does some stuff during the the fight earlier on Xandar. Nothing. Oof. I mean, he tries to capture Gamora, but you don't see him like hurt people or try to kill somebody. Like no. this, I mean, he yeah. shoves it up. Looks like pretty far, and the guy just is on the ground crying from what happened. Ugh. Yeah, and he, he sticks it up there very far. Is this yeah, your favorite part, it. Bill? It wasn't my favorite part, but I definitely, <laughs> I definitely clapped in my heart. Yes, uh, I mean it was, some, it was uh, foul. I mean, some... listen, let's just put it in, in perspective. Beforehand, before I saw this movie, over the last two days before this movie, I saw my wife and I are working through Picard, and Picard's not great. I don't think it's very good. But there is a scene in season five where a person gets their eyeball taken out and like slipped off in in like a horrific, almost like Cronenberg body horror moment. And I went, yay. And then I saw The Lighthouse, which is uh, from last year, which has got some horrific moments of, of despair and death and violence. So I was just I was already this was easy. That was an easy one for me. I was like already desensitized from two days of just like ooh, grisly stuff. It's not every day where in one day you see two moments of eyeballs being pulled out of somebody. Yikes. So this was like yeah. nothing. <laughs> But no, it was very cool, very effective, even from just a, a filmmaking standpoint. It was good. Yeah, I, 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 I enjoy. I mean, I, it's a little. I mean, they still make it funny, like where you have where Rock's like, "This is our booty." Like it, it's still funny. Like they, <laughs> they make it hilarious. Still, it's like they always find ways to have nothing but humor in this movie at all times, and it works. It doesn't upset me. It doesn't. I'm like, okay, this is funny. This works. I'm it's not integral. The comedy. <laughs> is this is this foreshadowing to part two for the volume mm-hmm. two? Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, Maybe but... my opinion will be different, but mm, uh, we'll see. Not. Volume two is a straight up comedy where the jokes are the points as opposed to the story. This is everything's integrated. This is all part of their character. And they're using these jokes and these funny moments to build up these characters for a better purpose. And it's gloriously integrated. Where again, I think two is more of a comedy 
actually like to, but I'll be, I'll be interested to see how I feel about it, you know, in a few weeks, whatever it is. I'm curious, too, because I, when I last saw I didn't have positive things to say, but we'll see what happens. That's where I fell on Ragnarok. I felt like they tried to shoe in, shoehorn in too much comedy, so. I've only seen it once. I loved it, so we'll see. Well, we'll see. We will find out, but. Yeah, so this is the point where, is this the point now where we have, let me see where I'm at. You have the sleep pile where they're all sleeping on the floor. (laughs) like that a lot. You have Gamora (laughs) being taken by a bunch of, bunch of the prisoners and the guard just says, go to the showers and kill her. It'll be easier to clean up. Mm -hmm. It's during all that time. And this is when you first get, like you see Drax earlier, I think, sitting at a table. Yeah. During the, when they first come into the prison, but he just, he's just sitting there. He doesn't, he's not a character that would have been brought to your attention. And this is when he shows up, kind of stops the guy that's about to kill her because he wants to kill her himself. Right. Cause he recognized her as Ronan's, uh, one of Ronan's henchmen. Yeah. This, I didn't like, I didn't, I don't, I forgot how much in this movie she's recognized as Ronan's henchman, not just Thanos's daughter. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of bugged me. Well, again, we don't know what Thanos is. Like, I don't think anyone. No one really Thanos. I don't think he's been mentioned yet in the MCU. Maybe a couple times. He's, he's in Avengers. In a yeah, he's in the Stinger. He's in the Stinger. Yeah, yeah, you just see a purple face with a weird chin, and you're like, "Oh, who who are you, Monster Man?" Clearly, you're menacing. Your your chair floats. Um, <laughs> this is the first time you actually see him. You know, in the movie, actually interacting with somebody. So no one knows who he is. So they'd have to say, and this is also a, probably a filmmaking thing. They had to have her as Ronan's henchman because. That gives her an opportunity to slowly work in. Oh, I'm a daughter of Thanos. Who is Thanos? Now you're building that kind of like intrigue. Mm-hmm. But she has to be, again, a henchman of somebody else who might be a subservient. So, of course, our turn here is um, we learn what her goal really is. But it's a great moment with Drax. I, I think Drax is my favorite of the, uh, of the Guardians. I, I just well, love his dry humor. I love humor of not circumstance, but just of... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's, his humor is very dry, obviously. It's a humor from not knowing things, from being a fish out of water, from being just unaware. I, I won't say it wasn't, it's not dumb. It's just being oblivious to the world that he's in. So a lot of the stuff where he's extremely literal is so freaking funny <laughs> and very endearing to this character. It was just, ah, he's great. I love Drax. He's probably, yeah, he's my favorite guardian. The also, the thing about Drax group. that a lot of that was pointed out to me at one point that I can definitely see it. He's he's kind of like an like kind of like he has autism in a way where everything is a fact to him. He doesn't get metaphors or you know of that idea. And I had and which is I actually had met somebody not too long ago that kind of was like that. Like he was even like I was just saying things that were facts and didn't understand when if somebody was making fun of him or something like he didn't he just saw it as facts. It was interesting and it, it kind of it really made me think of Drax because I once read a comment where. Some you know on some random message board, the guy had said that when his brother, who was his his younger brother, who was autistic, saw Drax and was like, you know, he's like, that's like me. I don't you know where I don't you know like, when you make the joke later, like oh go right over your head, nothing goes over my head. I would <laughs> like it was very you know he he related to that character, and I, I thought that was kind of cool. I don't know if that's what they were going for, but that's something that occurred to me afterwards. Dave Batista, I think, surprised everyone because when he got announced that he was going to be playing Drax, everyone's like, this is a wrestler. What the hell is he going to do? And then. He kind of turned into like the breakout star of this this movie. Yeah, he did a few movies after this too. Yeah, yeah. I you know what you just mentioned that I didn't realize that's Bautista the wrestler. I, mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't make those connections. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm not a wrestling guy, but I know the name. Yeah, that's very interesting. Huh? Okay. He was a big wrestler, I think, for a while. I want to say. Yeah, he's a big name. I mean, I don't know wrestling, he's, but I know. I I know wrestling from early 2000s. 
and late nineties when like you had the rock and stone cold cause in middle school at the time, early two thousands. And my friends were into it then. That's, but after that, I don't know anything. And he, he was an episode of Smallville, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. Unfortunately, <laughs> I know that. Episode <sighs> called static. Is that static in it? The character? No, it, doesn't, it doesn't have static shot. It's a, it's, he's just one of these random for Smallville. He's a random monster that came from the phantom zone. When Clark leaves the phantom zone, he lets out these monsters. He feels guilty for it. So he goes and tries to stop them. There's the it's answer like, you didn't ask for. It's like the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Oh, it's fucked. I, I still need to finish Smallville. Okay. Are you done? Are you done with Smallville? Just out of curiosity. No, I got the season eight, episode one. And then did we you, started watching One Tree Hill instead. Did you? So you finally punched out because you don't like that show. Like, just admit no, it to yourself. You I don't, don't like it. it. But now I'm watching world... One Tree Hill, and I so I don't. I, I, I just don't I was good. I'm glad because man, you you don't say anything nice about that show. You, you watch eight <laughs> seasons. I don't. I gotta understand. finish it to finish it. All right, but I, I don't like it. I respect that. That's like my sister with The Walking Dead. She hates this. It's not a good show anymore, but she just <laughs> stays watching it. And my brother with The Simpsons every year, every week. Oh, oh wow! I stopped every watching week. Walking Dead because it hurts. It's just it's it's so hard to watch sometimes. So depressing. Yeah, and and my brother with the Simpsons, he still watches every episode. And I ask him, I'm like, are these good? He goes, no, they're terrible. Why do you watch? I gotta finish it. He's That's moved, impressive. He's, he's watched it for something twenty something years. He has to. But anyway, we all like torture in our own ways. So I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'll, <laughs> that's fair. I'll stick to bad video games. <laughs> I, I like bad video games too. So this is also when you have Peter talks to Drax and convinces him not to. Not the killer, and then you. I, I did like laugh the finger metaphor joke when he's like, <laughs> put the finger across his neck, and he's like, why would I put my finger across his neck? I would clean his head clean off. Like it, it's hilarious. That's very good. This very is good. really the first time we see Quill acting like a leader. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time we get a little bit of a hero turn. Um, we'll talk about that when he the actual hero turn. But yeah, it's the first time we see him kind of really take take charge. You know, kind of naturally as opposed. You know, he doesn't do it. I, he's a naturally. Just... I mean, in the comics, he's a he's a king of a, of a planet. What? Yes. The the one of the continualities that's I think Maine or something, he's a king of a planet. His father was a king and he so he becomes a king. Well here's a oh, we we didn't even mention this. I don't mean to go back to the very, very beginning. When his mom mentions that his dad is gonna oh. come back for him, I this is the first time I noticed it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is actually a call forward into Guardians Two, right? Like Yeah, there's a couple references to yes. the movie about like near the end of the movie, there's a reference where Yondu's like, "Hey, we should have we should have dropped him off his dad anyway, or something like that." Like yes. they mentioned it off and on about his dad, That's but it's very so, it's very small. So he's yeah, like, she she even says, "You're so like your daddy." I'm like, "Geez, well, it's such an awful thing to say." Once we yeah. get to know him, <laughs> you'll be taken up. You'll be taken up in the light or something like what? I I just the first time I noticed it, and I didn't mention it. You know. 45 minutes ago so but also she didn't know like she never saw the bad version of ergo like she doesn't she didn't know what ergo did to her when she says that line one because they hadn't wrote it yet and two so that's a whole different thing that's just interesting i yeah it was just cool and i didn't realize in the comics he's a king that's just weird Can't yeah be i haven't read he's a whole oof. lot of it but i know he is a king because when i read old man quill it talks about that old man quill is really good by the way really fucking good comic i'll check that out you will be for other reasons at some point, I'm sure. So <laughs> this is also when you have I, I thought it was a Cree talking to Ronan, but now that I'm think now that I watch more of the movie, it was actually Thanos talking to Ronan on that big screen. And when and then because he, he he's telling Ronan to get him the damn power stone, which again I don't believe he'd be telling anyone to get him anything, but you know, this be this is before he got screwed. So, you know, we'll we'll, we'll take it. When he does go when he does go to Ronan, because no, when Ronan Ronan goes to Thanos, he goes into that same meter we saw from Avengers. 
where Loki went to, and we see the same guy who was talking for Thanos to Loki in Avengers. He just kills him. Like, he just yeah. snaps his neck. Like, yeah. I think it's the other that Ronan's talking to on the screen. It's actually that character. Oh, okay. Yes. That's why yes. he's okay. summoning him or summoning him. And I, I don't, I know in Avengers, the, the, that character is played by Wesley from Angel. I don't think it's the same. Yep, it's the same. Yeah, he plays, it's also him again in Guardians. Okay. I mean, it's just a cameo scene, but yeah. yeah. I, was, I was trying to remember his name, and then like while, while I was thinking about the character's name, and oh. while I was thinking about it, Ronan just snaps his neck. I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> Un, unimportant. It, it's not. I just like the actor because I like Wesley and Angel, so I was like, oh. Otherwise, it, it's really unimportant. And this is also when you have, when you go, and it goes back to them being in prison. I do like it when Rocket gives them, when they're coming down there, you know, Rocket's like, okay, this is a plan. You're going to get me a leg. We got to get that battery. And at the same time, he's talking and telling the story. He's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we need. This is the plan. Groot just walks over and starts trying to go get the battery. And he's like, so make sure funny. we grab the battery last because everything's going to go to all hell once that happens. And all of a sudden, you hear, yeah. <laughs> he just holds it out like here you go <laughs> i i just if i could go back real quick to um the thanos um angry face conversation <laughs> yes. um this was actually really cool for me it reminded me a lot and this is another star wars reference but maybe this is a star wars reference it was very vader emperor moment where you have oh. the big bad of the show of the of the of the movie kind of you know subservient to a bigger character so i had a lot of that energy for me of him you know, realize being a fearful, like, you know, there's a moment where he's actually scared of Thanos, knowing his power, knowing who he is. Um, and I don't think Thanos has any of the stone. No, he does. He has one stone, right? He has no stones at this point. No stones. OK, so he there you go. He had the mind stone that he gives to Loki and Loki loses an Avenger. So now he has no stone. Gotcha. So anyway, I, I just want to point that out because it's, it is a cool little bit of character building for Ronan, knowing that he has somebody to answer to. So and, what you're telling uh, me. If Thanos is going to show up in the ninth movie that we get later on down the road and be connected to a big like computer thing. Is what you're telling me? Yes, he will be oh. connected. <laughs> yes, he'll be connected to an H H G U Geiger, whatever his name is. Um, you know, <laughs> scaffolding of metal and needles and and nothing will be explained. And nothing will be explained. We don't. Who cares? Just move on. We got battle cruisers to destroy. Anyway. Yeah, I, I I like that movie, but I know a lot of people don't, and I I can never watch it again because I'm scared. I don't so. care. Star Wars. So I realized very long, well, a few back a few years ago that I don't think I'm a Star Wars fan. It's like I don't care about this stuff anymore. <laughs> I really don't. I, I love Star Wars, but um, I also, <laughs> and that's one thing. One thing I do want to say that when I saw this movie in theaters, this movie made me think of Star Wars. If we hadn't had Force Awakens yet, we hadn't had any. We really weren't getting any Star Wars movies. I don't think we even had Rogue One yet, and. Yeah, we didn't have any of that yet. And I saw this. I'm like, this feels like Star Wars. And this was and we needed a Star Wars movie because we didn't have any at the time. And anyone else? Yeah. Bueller? Star Wars. Bueller? Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I just I just thought of that just now when he started talking about Star Wars. I'm like, oh, so I, I wrote in my notes Groot smash. But I can't remember what I guess Groot was blowing up things at this point. This is when you kind of have them all fighting. Like I did like the fight when they're trying to escape prison. Like all that is really hilarious, too. And actually, you need a little action to wake you up. Yeah, it's been it's been a while since we've had some fun things happen action wise. Um, everybody kind of has their has their role, you know. Quill's yeah. getting the Quill's getting the leg. So, <laughs> I do like that. Okay, so damn. I got funny. a question. When he gets the leg, and they talk about it a little bit later when they get in the control room, he says, "I had to transfer him thirty thousand units." How the fuck did he transfer units to this guy <laughs> in prison? That's how? very good. Yeah, exactly. How how did he I do that? Like, I mean, That's did he pull point. it out of his ass? Like, what the? What? I didn't understand that. I'm like, you're not, you're in prison. You're not going to have access to any device to transfer money over. I don't think I that's how it works. 
I went to an ATM. It's fine. Yes, exactly. It, it's stupid, but it, I didn't. I, I was like, wait a second. Oh I my god, I'm talking that. about that tomorrow. You're right. That's very funny. <laughs> it, I mean, I've seen this movie a few times. I've never caught it, but it it this time I'm like, hmm, now that I have a podcast to talk about it on, I'm going to talk about it to somebody. Yes. Somebody's um, going to hear my complaint. Yeah, it's maybe, all it's it's. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Maybe it's all cerebral. They just it's all it's all implanted into their bodies. There you yes. go. Yeah. There's like, a there's a barcode. I feel like if we have the technology in real life and we get arrested, they're going to find a way to disable that technology so you aren't doing that while you're in prison. That's fair. Because you're in prison. Deactivate the account. <laughs> Something. I mean, just set your a, password. I mean, just block things that are happening around you, I guess, too. Nah, I don't, it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, anything? But, <laughs> no, it's, it's, good, it's a good moment. And, you know, it's so do you have so Groot's kind of taking care of the drones, right? So the drones come down. He's kind of whacking like them away. And doing cool Groot stuff, and Drax is the first time you've seen him actually fight. <laughs> him laughing hysterically while fighting is wonderful. I love just his big, bolsterous laugh, just got, just enjoying fighting and beating people up. It's it's really fun. I mean, shooting everybody and killing them? He does I, love, about it. I love the bit where the guy comes up and, like, takes a sucker punch at him, and he just turns and headbutts him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A sucker for a good headbutt. Yeah, that's right. Good headbutt is uh, is very satisfying. Um, it's pretty funny. It's great. And then Gamora, of course, heads to the tower. They all get to the tower off Groot. They, of course, turns into a human or human, uh, a ladder, a tree ladder. And you get your first hero shot as they open up the doors to the control tower. And you kind of the camera is kind of a low angle and you see them all in the same you know doorway. I was like, ah, the Marvel hero shot. <laughs> Yay. We're a team now. Clearly, we are now a team. We are the Guardians, uh, which I thought was neat. And then, uh, yeah, they dispatched the guy in there, and then the leg pays off. <laughs> Rock is <laughs> just kidding. It was very, very funny. Yeah, that... was it funny? What do you look like? <laughs> yeah, he's just laughing as he's as he's fiddling with the controls, and it, it's really it's it is really funny. Like in, in the control room, and that's from part you have they're like fire, and you have each rocket hitting the hitting the windows, and then they're like you know he's, he's still trying to get everything going. All that was funny. And then yeah, really good. They turn off the gravity and they got the control room just bouncing around the prison trying to escape. Still, I mean, it's all really good. I mean, it's still lighthearted. Like you have them in peril in a way, but it's not like it's not depressing or anything. You're you're having a good time in this movie. Yeah, because it's still intercut with jokes. So this is where the don't call me a thesaurus line is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gamora's like, I'm going to die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> I did I, have I, a my notes that while Rocket's doing all his little science stuff, I have smart rodent doing smart things, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, it's a good one. It's very good. He, he is doing, you don't expect him to be as smart as he is, but he is. He's a brainy guy doing smart, smart things. Very good. And yep. It's, this is right after when they go and they retrieve the equipment and this is, I mean, Peter, Peter Quill opens the thing and he finds out his walking missing. He's like, okay, you guys go ahead. And they think they have the stone in the bag, which again is funny because nobody trusts each other. Like, yes, <laughs> they kind of join, but they have no trust. He gives them the bag and they're, they're sitting in the ship waiting for him. We're like, we can just go. She looks <laughs> to see the stone and there's just some, he puts something else in there to make it look like the stone. And there's no stone. And I'm like, yeah. ah. Even my wife's like, wow, she, he has a lot of faith in her. I said, no, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. forgotten. I, I like when he goes, he's going for the radio, and then you hear the Pina Colada song come on, and he finds the guy, and he smacks him across the face, and he, and then you just hear, to Pina Colada. So, I, I heard I heard a comment there just now about someone not liking the song. <laughs> My wife was very adamant about how she hates this song when it started playing. It's horrendous. Your wife has great taste. <laughs> it's, it's a bad it's, song. It's horrendously bad. It's, it's for, we got another five minutes? 
Sure, I, uh, why not? We're yeah, never really. get the chance to do this again, so why not? This is true. Fun. I mean, how, again, I don't have a forum to talk about how bad the Pina Colada song is. I well, first though, I do like the fact that um, they don't trust each other because why would they? If they did, it would be too quick of a turn. And I think the main reason why is that they're all they're all in it for a physical thing. They're all in it for money. They're all in it for the stone. I they're mean, all in it. They're in it for 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 themselves. They're right? all murderers too. What's that? They're all murderers. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're not pleasant people, but yeah, I mean, they're not. I mean, the only like Gamora is an assassin. Rocket right. is definitely a murderer. Groot is a like bodyguard murderer, probably. <laughs> Drax is a murderer. Drax's nickname is the Destroyer. So <laughs> yeah, like they're none of. I mean, I wouldn't trust none of any of them either. Right. Yeah. But even then, as as a ro- as a team of rogues um, getting together, they they really do. They don't do. They don't come together as a team until the action is selfless when they're having that moment later on the movie when, you know, when um, Quill is giving that pep talk, you know, kind of like the, let's come together as a team talk, which is a little corny, but it's um, it's really good. This they should not trust each other. They're, and why would they? And it's it's good. The Pina Colada song. That is <laughs> that's a bad that's another very bad song. There's a term called Yacht Rock. And <laughs> yacht, that is Yacht Rock. That is the sort of thing you would hear on a expensive boat in a marina piloted by late 40s, early 50-somethings, thinking that this is just a perfect soundtrack to their Mai Tais. It is a terrible song. Have you ever listened to the words? Listen to it right now as we speak. Yeah, don't. Why? <laughs> why would you do that to yourself? It's a, do you know what it's about? Because it, you, you get swept away by like that lazy, again, that lazy uh, carnival song. cruise thing it's a song about a guy who's searching personal ads looking for some strange on the side finds some strange on the side and realizes when he meets said strange it's his wife and they go oh how funny see we were both trying to be cheaters but it's really we were looking for each other at the end it stinks i I know it's not like i i think i was in high school or something when i'm like wait a second yeah yeah. not a good song like no about two very bad people finding each other i guess and yeah i never knew it's cheesy and bad and played with this coing, like, like cheesy, kind of cheeky smile. Like, hee hee, isn't this fun? It's not fun. Hey, he it's did good for himself, like, considering he was a Detroit cop, and then he went on to make these songs. So, hey. Well, get back to the beat there, Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> the songs. Stop making music. Don't, don't do that again. I think he also, this is also the same art as Two Tickets to Paradise, right? I want to say. No. Is that not Rupert Holmes? Or am I thinking no. of someone else? I think of somebody else. This was his only, is another one, his only hit. Okay, no, because yeah. the guy who did then Two Tickets to Paradise, he's the guy who was a Detroit cop then, I think. Okay, well. It doesn't matter. Eh, still. No one's, no one's here for music facts, including me, apparently. <laughs> 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 yeah, anyway, bad song. Uh, bad, not a bad person. I'm sure he's a pleasant fellow, but um, not a good song. And But again, it kind of fits the moment. The movie works with that sound very well. Like the the scene of him, cru- you know, cruising back to the ship in space with his mask on has that kind of flow. It it matches the scenes very well. It's utilized well, but you know, it's just a bad song that's utilized well. So, but yeah, that's that's all I got on it. That's all I got. Interesting. <laughs> now I get to learn <laughs> about your feelings about some eighties music. Well, this is eighties, right? Uh, this is like late, yeah, like late seventies, early eighties. And I agree, it's a bad song. I've I've heard it many, many times, and it's just kind of there. But yeah, it's not. Mm-hmm. And this is I wrote in my notes, Quill Quill flies in. Oh yeah, this is when Quill ends up flying in from the prison, and they pick him up, 
and he just kind of like is in space and the show. I mean, again, you get more showing that he that his mask can sustain him in space too. Yeah, it's just kind of cool to see. Yeah, pays off later too. Sure does. And I wrote in my notes. Wrote in. Oh yeah, this is okay. Now, I, now I realize what I wrote in my notes. But this is also where you have them arguing about something. I don't. I think they're trying to figure out what their plan is. I do like how they never really agree until the end of this movie. They're always kind of at each other's throats. Like they don't. Like you were saying, they're not really friends. They're just in it. They each have their own reason for doing what they're doing. It's not like they're trying to save the world or anything. They don't care. Yeah. I love the banter here where Rocket's taking apart parts of the ship. He's like, what is that? Don't touch that. That's a bomb. A bomb? That's going to put it in a box. That's what <laughs> it the is box funny. Do. <laughs> I, I like Rock. Oh, yeah. I really He's a good character. And then I wrote in my notes, this is when you have Ronan and Nebula show up at the prison, and they kill everybody in the prison. They just want, they want no evidence. And, like, I think, I mean, you wouldn't use a blow up the prison. Just make it disappear and just shoot it. Not like I think they just gun everyone down and slit their necks. Like, I mean, yeah, like, it's God, so like, sen- it's so senseless. Again, I don't like Ronan as a villain. He's too murderous for no reason. Like he's there's no good motivation for that. You can just go there. Okay. It's not here and leave. He's a fanatic. He's yeah, a but even fanatic. then, but see that's the thing. You don't see his religious. I mean, you see him do the one ceremony with the dusting and the and the goop, but. Like I, it doesn't, it doesn't, they, it doesn't piss him, doesn't wash for they me. They call because... him a Cree fanatic, and at different points, yeah, he's okay. like a zealot, yeah. And I got that, but it was, it was just so heavy-handed, and he, and the actor who plays him, you know, again, I don't like, you know, bagging on actors, but he's very over the top in, in just his delivery and his presentation, especially towards the end. Um, I just never, never bought it. It was like, okay, yeah, so you're a religious zealot, okay, but like, what's the point of all the murder? And if the assumption is, yes, you're a religious zealot, so you have to kill anybody, well, that doesn't really, that doesn't really wash. I know, I just didn't see a reason for it. You know, it's like, okay, we'll just leave, or you know, or even like you said, just destroy the space station. I mean, it would be different, but to go around brutally stabbing everybody because why? There was no reason for it, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like he he said the only reason why he did it was to make sure that they didn't know that what they were up to, I guess, for the Xanders wouldn't figure it out. Yeah, because the, the Nebula says the Nova has sent police out. They're on the way. Okay. Yeah, yeah but... Sorry again. I, I don't mean to harp on it. But <laughs> even if you just killed everybody, like, clearly, like, someone was there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just seemed it seemed a little uh, overdone, over the top, without any real good motivation to do so. I can, I can see that. And... This is awesome. And then they kind of jump back and forth. It jumps to Yondu. Oh, <laughs> I haven't said this yet, but Yondu is actually one of the original Guardians of the Galaxy from the comics. Mm-hmm. So in case you didn't know, because no one probably knew. <laughs> at this him. point, at this point, no, I did not know that, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. The Guardians, the, the original Guardians are actually referenced in the second movie, but we'll get yep. to that in a few, in yep. a few months. And I love I love this scene. <laughs> are you talking to the artifact guy? Yeah, he's talking about the little knickknacks. Like, I like to line them up on my control console. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. That's great. I don't like Yandu at all, but it, it really? is. Really? Yeah. Really? Well, no I, wonder you don't like to then. Wow. Yeah, okay. I don't care for Michael Rooker that much in the first place. I just, I only seen him a couple of things, but I just, I don't like this character. Why? Either. Interested. Okay, why? just. He's kind of an asshole, which I know is a character, but I just, I feel like, okay, his whole threat all the time is, oh, I'm going to whistle, oh, I'm going to whistle. Like, yes, I know, you can kill everyone with your whistle, sure. It's just, like, I, I just don't like him. I mean, he's okay in this movie, but I don't like him in the second movie at all. <laughs> don't like where he starts speaking gibberish when the, the guy's trying to explain to him what happened. <laughs> he just keeps interrupting him with gibberish. <laughs> boy, 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 boy. 
It's, yeah, it's, I might have laughed. I can't remember from yesterday, but it just—he's just—he's just not a character I care for. <laughs> I like him a lot. I think he's—he's he's interesting. He's got, you know, he's—he's he's the head of a group of people we don't really like—a Mad Max type of again raiders and pirates. Yeah, I mean, pirates. they call them Ravagers, but they're Ravagers. Pirates. That's it. Yeah, I as, in this movie, he's—he's he's a means to the means to an end, kind of. When he connects with um, Quill later on, that's what I think he really blooms and blossoms as a character. And I, you, you really like him because he's got like a familial, almost father figure. Clearly, that, he's the father figure. Yeah, Quill. That, that really happens in the second movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and that's why that's why you don't like the second movie. Man, that's <laughs> There's a him. lot of reasons I don't like the second movie. All right. Fair enough. But <laughs> I really do. face. I mean, <laughs> Pac-Man. I mean, that, that movie just. Hmm. Okay. We'll, well, see if my, we'll see if my opinion changes, though. Because right. last time I tried to watch it, I got halfway through and turned it off and never went back. So we'll see. Well, your opinion we on the Avengers changed. So I guess, you know, who knows? <laughs> it goes the other I'm way. So sad about All right. That one. So, but yeah, I do like him. Again, there's not there's not much to hang your hat on with him right now. But as no. far as just like a, a plot mover and some a minor character, because he is, he's like a minor character in this movie. He's fine. I, and he's fun. And his, his little whistle arrow is amazing <laughs> i have it in my notes just the whistle stick the wh- <laughs> yeah the whistle stick is awesome uh, i love so, that thing that's so great but anyway that pays off later too but yeah so he uh yondu's with that broker the broker they think they call him and again he wants to know who the buyer is and then we find out who he is it's none other than the collector the incomparable benicio del toro who is in this movie way too little I want he, was in that, he was in that other movie we watched a couple like a month ago. Remember that movie? What was that called again? I can't remember the name of it. Huh? How about you? Oh, does ring a bell. <laughs> so he's in the last last scene of Star Dark World. That was the yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I was waiting for something like you're like what? Oh yeah. But it, it didn't work. But I, I like the collector room. One thing that was in the collector room that I don't know that I caught was they have a dark elf in a cage. Yeah, I missed that. Oh, missed it too. It, it's really brief, and then you also have it's right before you have the girl. He's this girl who's cleaning. He's like, put your elbows into it. You don't want to be like the other. Or my last, my last assistant. You see the other girl like in a cell, like chained up, really bad. Yeah. I'm like, it, it, it's the one scene that really like in this makes him really look like a villain. Mm-hmm. So it makes, yeah, he's uncertain. Obviously, he's he's villainous. I didn't like that scene. That kind of grossed me out. Just that put your elbows into it. it it's unnecessary. Very subservient. It was just weird and I, I guess they're trying to do that to really cement him as someone not to be trusted he is very villainous we're handing over this power stone to an evil guy who's gonna throw into a collection yeah that's that's probably the whole point of that scene is to is to have you know that he's not good because when you see him in the very little part of the door dark world in the in the stinger it's just i got i have one infinity stone and now he's getting a second infinity stone he's trying to build the collection right and and i think it's <clears throat> it's just that that subservience is is really kind of gross and a personal line for me. I guess then I didn't particularly care for that. Me personally, uh, as far as the movie goes, yeah, he could have done it a different way, but yeah, it was just yeah. Oh, this is even before they even show up because I forgot they show that scene. Mm-hmm. They get and then they go to the bar and they're at, in nowhere, which I like nowhere. Like they make a comment. It's it's a celestial head. For those that don't know, celestials are these giant Marvel beings that I think help kind of create the universe or something. I want to say. But they haven't. This is the first reference we ever gotten to them in the MCU. And we were supposed to get a bunch of them this year in November. But COVID uh, in the movie Eternals is going to talk about the Celestials, I'm assuming, and all that whole thing. I forgot that movie was even a thing. Oh, well, same here. forgot movies you come out. So it's okay. Yeah. 
That's what we were supposed to get. May Black Widow. November was Eternals, and now we're getting November Black Widow. Maybe. Maybe. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows about that? I mean... I, I, yeah, I think they're cool. I this is actually the first time I, I I caught that they were like the unused or the the hollow heads of some sort of massive creature. It's really Those, cool. Yeah, super cool. And they, and then as you're approaching, I'm like, oh, that's a jawbone. Oh, that's really really neat. I mean, so. it's huge, and they've just been mining this thing for years, presumably. Like, yeah. Decades. They're mining it for precious things, um, precious goop and stones and whatever else it is. <laughs> it's a freaking goop. It's Me and my looks, goop. It looks so gross. It really yeah. does. Yeah, it gets even grosser when Drax is tossing the goop. Yeah. It's not fun. Kind of like that Nickelodeon slime. It was in, from way back in the 80s. Uh, Nickelodeon, that Nickelodeon slime's still around, though, because we have a Nickelodeon Universe at the Mall of America, and I one time was watching some... I was over there, they did some little presentation where they were doing like a like the Double Dare thing, and they had somebody run around through the goop and stuff. I'm like, oh, this brings back memories. Oh, wow. That's cool. So, Classic television. It wasn't... Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like the whole... Like, the bar thing is funny. You're like, what are we going to do at a bar? And then they just start gambling on, like, monsters <laughs> eating each other. Yeah, that's great. Stupid. And, it is hilarious, though. It it really is. I don't, I don't know why. To me, it's hilarious that you see them drinking, and then it, it made me laugh. And again, it's like you get a really lighthearted moment before all the shit hits the fan within like 10, 15 minutes for them. And I liked it. Like, this is awesome. You have, you have Quill and Gamora are, are out talking, and I, and she does he does the whole Footloose joke, which I don't get because I've never seen the movie. <laughs> yeah. People have sticks up their butts. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was funny, and... Uh, and uh, and it play- hey, well, okay. What do you think of the song "Fool"? Uh, I forget the name of the song, but I know it's "Fool Around, Fell in Love." Yeah, "Fool Around, Fell in Love." It's good. It's a good song. Um, hey, not my favorite can... in the world, but yeah, he found one I like. Before that, he played <laughs> Moon- before that as they're approaching um, nowhere. They play "Moon Age Daydream" by David Bowie, which is a great song. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I didn't have that in my notes because I didn't know that song. Yeah, "Fool Around and Fell in Love" is uh, is a good song. It fits that moment. It's kind of it's got a little bit of a cheesiness to it, uh, a little bit of cornball. It's the kind of song you would expect uh, Quill to use to woo a lady into uh, into a romantic encounter. Well, he uh, only has little... twelve songs to choose from. He's not going to play two. He's not going to play two pina coladas. Well, I mean, he's got to have some sort of you no know. two pina coladas. Garth Brooks. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, wrong wrong song there. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, he's he probably yeah. watched all those John Hughes '80s movies too when he was a kid, so he would expect yeah. something like this at that moment. Okay, yeah. is risky business a John Hughes film? Uh, I don't know. Nope. Yeah, okay, there is know. a reference to risky business. I feel like in this movie, at one point, somebody slides by a camera. That's <laughs> really? Risky business, right? Yeah, that's risky yeah. business. If someone does, I want to say somebody at one point somebody slides by a by like in front of the screen. Maybe I'm imagining things, but I could have swore that was in here. That's possible. Yeah, possible. Um, but yeah, it's definitely the kind of song he would he would listen to in that environment. It was very well. It's excellent uh, sc- uh, scoring to the to the movie. Everything, all the songs in the song, whether they're good or not, are well placed. It's very well. Um, I don't say scored. It is a score to the song movie, but yeah, it's it's well chosen soundtrack um, mm. for those moments. But she will not fall for his pelvic sorcery. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, that was very good. <laughs> that made me laugh hard too. Yeah, you're like sorcery. I heard of you, Peter Quill, or whatever the hell she calls him. I can't remember, but it's funny. It made me laugh hard. And there's that scene where there's a moment where Drax. I just had the moment uh, mention it where he's he's getting hammered with <laughs> the rocket. He's like, "Let's pour more of this liquid down our throats," or something along those lines. Is great. great. That's the first thing you said. That was a batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong. 
He's not wrong at all. <laughs> the fast forward one romantic moment and they're fighting and they're throwing each other across the uh, across the table. And uh, you can tell the team is starting to devolve into uh, just madness. Well, alcohol does that. Yes. Yeah, they, they still manage to work the comedy into it. It's like he he talks about things he has no business of. That is true. <laughs> that is also true. <laughs> it, it's funny. I, you get, and I wrote down my notes. You get Rocket's back history while he was operating on or something, I think. I don't remember the details. I think all that's of a later, is it? I can't remember. Uh, I wrote in my kinda, notes, but maybe I'm kinda wrong. He kind of talks about how he Kamara calls him Rodent. And everyone just looks at him like he's a little monster. It's like he didn't choose to be this thing. But I don't think they go into like details about it. Yeah, I don't think they go into too many okay. uh, I can't. specifics. Yeah, like I said, I wasn't in the best place while I was watching this movie, but I had to watch it for the show, so <laughs> I don't. My memory's not the best. And this is also when you finally meet. Well, this is when the guardians finally meet the collector, because at the time they're waiting at the bar for one of his servants to come get them to bring them to where the collector's at. And when they finally do, you have so Gamora and Quill are going to go meet the collector, while you have Drax being stupid and calls Ronan because he's all drunk. <laughs> This makes no sense. Uh, okay, okay, he's drunk. Okay, okay, I didn't see. All right, that didn't connect in my brain. He's drunk. He's picking a fight. He just says, screw it. I'm going to call Ronan. I wonder what, how he has his number. Yeah. <laughs> like, he he yeah. could have done that, like, at any point. Like, hey. I mean, it could have been just a radio signal out there, like, to the masses. Like, you know, just out there. And he heard the call. This is just so dumb. Like, it doesn't even... He's not necessarily the smartest character in the world, but, I mean... Yeah, if he was drunk, I could see that. All right, that uh, that didn't connect at the time. Oh, that makes yeah. more that sense. Main, took it. His main goal is to fight Rowan, and he's saying that it's taken too long to get to that, so he's For just going to burn it to him. His mind yeah. changes immediately when the well, movie's yeah, over, but... which irritated me this time. <laughs> it it kind of bugged me because I had forgotten. Cause, you know, I, I hadn't seen this. I have not seen this movie since 2015, 2016, maybe. And I had for you know, so before the MCU had finished at least the Infinity Stock, and I had forgotten how he was so gun-ho on killing Ronan and then changed immediately to Thanos. I thought it was always he wanted to kill Thanos, and he just went through him. That's, That's kind of what I figured. I figured Ronan was the... Well, because he only said... Cause, ah, see now? Doesn't um, Drax say that Thanos is the one who went through and killed his his family? In this or, movie, he says Ronan did it. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, okay. But he, and he said Ronan was just a puck, puppet of Thanos That's at it. the end of this movie. That's but it. I could have swore in the other movies he tells Thanos, you killed my family. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll it's, it's by Thanos' order, so indirectly he killed him. Yeah, yeah so but, take, take, yeah, take care of the guy who wielded the sword, and then we'll take care of the main guy himself. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, then, we'll see. I'm going to be looking for that now when we watch... Uh, Infinity War and stuff like that. I think they just keep blaming stuff on Ronan because he's the villain of this movie. They want you to, yeah, they want you to focus on this movie before we get into the other ones. Yeah, which is not that far away. Yeah, we'll get there. We and will. this is also when you get the whole, you know, let's drop the plot down on you and they talk about the Infinity Stone. But they make it interesting. They like, it's very quick, but it's like they dumb it down in a way to, you know, bring it across an audience that might have never heard of the Infinity Gems before. Like 95% of your audience probably. <laughs> Unless they so, had a Super Nintendo and played all the Marvel games on it. Um, they were only in one of them. Yeah, well, World, so World never, of the Gems, and then... Oh, Marvel vs. Capcom, or... Ma Marvel, Marvel superheroes. Oh, Marvel Super... Yeah, you're right. Okay, I, I never played Marvel superheroes, but I knew I knew it from some of those stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's excellent. I, I It was very helpful for me. I mean, I know what they are now, but even at the time, I was like, okay, this is what this is, and he's getting a second, these awesome stones, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It was a very good exposition dump of what it was, and like you said, quick... Easy, six things, very powerful. Don't touch them. Show, Moving uh, on. 
picture of the Tesseract and uh, yep. some yep. red goop. <laughs> the red goop. Yeah, you can see it in the background that he has it in one of the cages. Okay, oh, yeah. I didn't notice it either. I was just focused on... It's from a movie that you forgot you saw. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, it's if I wouldn't oh, have watched right. it yes. a month before, I wouldn't have caught it either because I would have forgotten that movie existed. Because <laughs> like, yes, right, movie... you know, this would have been two years or no, this would have been maybe a year or so. I would I do. I wouldn't remember. It's like I said on that Thor: Dark World episode. That movie exists just to introduce the Reality Stone. Yes. Yeah, basically. That's all it is. So uh, yeah. Um, so this is when they talk the they meet the collector. I again, I really wish they had more Benicio on this. I, I really like him. Um, he's just a strange person. He's well suited for this role too. Kind of a steampunk weirdo, as I put in my he's, notes here. He's a good actor. <laughs> he's a great actor. Yeah, he's excellent. I uh, mean, I prefer him in this role than Last Jedi, which I will say again. I forgot he was in Last Jedi. Mm, that's he's... okay. You can hey, if Disney's trying to forget about Last Jedi too, so you're not the only one. But was he was like the key key master or something? He's or? the guy that doesn't belong in that movie. And that whole you just cut out that entire part, and it's okay, it never happened. But yeah, he's yeah. the guy that's gonna the code breaker to help them get out. Who just who well, just gets it. them arrested? The code breaker. Oh, whatever. So he <laughs> yeah, so they explain to Finney Stones. His uh, his uh, his servant girl decides to go rogue and grab the stone. Which again is like, why? Well, I but guess she's a slave. So I mean, and she sees an opportunity because he's talking about how and he's showing that hologram how it blew up a world. So she's like, I can kill him with this. Right. I mean, well, it guess what? Seem like a very good life. No, not great. She uh, she blows up basically the entire building. It's a very effective scene where you kind of see the the stone unleash and just wreck destruction. <laughs> Luckily, Quill and Gamora hide behind a desk essentially, and they're safe. <laughs> they're fine. They don't get hit by anything. There weren't any fridges to get into. There was not, <laughs> not a fridge in sight, no, which is neat. And then Gamora snags the stone, if I'm not mistaken, and basically says, all right, where are we going with this dumb thing? Yeah, they, they put it back in the container and they take yep. it back with them. And because and, she doesn't want to leave it with him because he's crazy. And he, they think he's dead. I, I think they think he's dead. And also, this is when Ronan shows up. I think that the Reavers show up, too, at this point. Or am I, did I was I wrong? Uh, like you definitely hear Yondu's voice, but I couldn't tell where it came from. Like he okay. yells for Quill. Yeah, I thought he was there, but then shortly after the scene that happened, you have him call him on the radio. Then he had, like, he shows up and all everyone shows up in the ships. And I was thinking to myself, if they were already on the ground, they wouldn't have enough time to get in their ships, get off planet, and get to him. So I don't. <laughs> yeah, know. it confused me. Yeah, I mean, it's not also, also, I think you called them the Reavers. That's that's Mass Effect. They're the Ravagers. <laughs> 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 Uh, me pronouncing things wrong in this show. Who would who okay. guess that? It's okay. It's but like, Ronan showing up, was, I think it is kind of funny when Drax is like, he came! And they're like, what? Called him? <laughs> <laughs> I that, that was, I mean, again, it's like a really stupid, stupid thing to do, but it, it is kind of like, it, it gets the plot moving, and it is kind of funny. And it just shows you how the, the characters are not, they're not, you know, how they all have very different ideas. Like, Drax just wants to kill people, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just, it's again, this is really showing them they're they're not a team yet. They're they're just disjointed. They they don't. This is the point where they're really not working as a team anymore. But yeah, they completely this is, fall apart right around this part. Oh like yeah, you have, they, yeah. You have the pod. You have the pod chasing, which is I like this part when they're in the Super little pods fun. and they're getting chased by the other did, ships. Did you say pod racing? Close <laughs> <laughs> to it. Try spinning. That's a neat trick. That is neat. <laughs> Try spinning. Oh god, I, man, I don't I, get that reference. You should. It's your favorite fun. Star Wars movie. Uh, is it episode one or episode? Yeah, it's Phantom Menace. Oh yeah, okay. Not my favorite, but it is a good movie. <laughs> well, Mike, Phantom Menace you're is allowed a to... fine movie. 
you just have to not really think a whole lot about it and just enjoy it for what it is and forget that it's related to a great franchise. You'll be fine. Oh, they like bad things. You okay. are allowed to like bad Phantom things. Phantom Menace is not okay. bad. Attack of the Clones, utter garbage. <laughs> but the first one is fine. It's just, it just doesn't, it didn't, if you, for, if you just, if it was your first Star Wars movie and you've never seen the prequel trilogy, you'll, you'll like it. It's a fine movie. It's just that after you've seen amazing movies and you go, and you're like, I can't wait to see more, mate. You're like, what, what? That's all. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Star Wars Talk. <laughs> 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 one day I'm going to go through those movies. I just, it hasn't happened yet, but one day. I'll take that journey with you. I, um, but this is actually going back to, to, to no, pod, not, pod not racing, pod smashing. Pod chasing. Yes, pod chasing <laughs> yeah. and smashing. I really like, again, this movie is very good at variety and in, in interesting ways of fights and battles. You know, all of our hand-to-hand battles have been pretty – If they like the, the prison stuff was pretty standard, quote-unquote, but they're quick. Like they're quick hits, and then they're out. With this whole uh, pod chasing, I love the fact that these are industrial machines and they're basically invincible. Mm-hmm. So they just they just use the machines to just smash into the different to different enemies. It is really great and very fun. The the whole chase is good. They got uh, Nebula fighting for the first time, so you can kind of see her being chased to Gamora. Clearly not a fan, but that's how <laughs> that works. Clearly, uh, Drax is taking on Ronan. Ronan, of course, is just wiping the floor with him because that's that's how movies work. And then. Um, yeah, and then they call on. Uh, I think it was. Uh, yeah, um, Quill calls Yandu because she gets ejected. Yeah, she gets exploded. Yeah, because um, sorry, I'm like all over the place. I'm not even speaking properly. Uh, what's okay. her name? So Nebula. Nebula. Thank you. Yes, the back of her yeah. pod. She like flies through the Jettison's window out. of it. Thank oh you. man. Yeah, he pretty. She pretty much. You know, she kills her because she. They hate each other because of because of Thanos. Mm-hmm. Right. They've they've been enemies since birth, essentially. And uh, so she gets her revenge. She's jettisoned into space. And there's this moment where, I mean, if you're watching it the first time, you probably don't think she's going to die, but you're definitely concerned. Like, how, who is going to save her? And then Quill has his hero moment where he floats out there, puts his mask on her. His face starts to, like, crumple, whatever it was. die very quickly if you do yes. something like that? Like, yes, I want- if. Okay, so I want to say that the that space, like the moment you did that, you're it's over. Like the moment you comes off, you're it, you're you're dead. It's the pressure, yeah. It's the lack of pressure just kind of pulls you apart, <clears throat> I think. But it's, yeah, uh, but like it also kind of hints that maybe he's not just a mere human. Yes. Too. Oh, good point. I mean, yes. I know he's not, but good point. He's half god essentially, so <laughs> that's why he's able to hang in there for at least a little bit. That makes. What sense. do you guys think about this kind of like hero turn save the girl kind of moment? It, it, it works. Like. My favorite part about it is hearing like the genuine concern in Rocket's voice because you don't expect it from from him. Yeah, so, so you, you can kind of see the capacity to be a hero in Quill, but Rocket's been in it for himself this whole time, and to hear him genuinely concerned that Peter's going to die is it's kind of touching. Very it's much a so. little off character, in my opinion. But I agree. It, it, it works yeah. because it, it, it's them, you know, getting closer and closer together. I agree, I, and it's actually in the next scene um, when they're all together and he starts giving the hero speech. He actually says to her, I don't know what came over me. Like, he was surprised at his heroic actions, which saves that moment for me. But in the moment, I'm like, this is a movie-ass movie thing, right? He's the star of the movie. He's going to save the co-star. Like, why? Why would you care? You guys have been biting each other's backs all the whole time. Like, you don't need her to accomplish your goal. But he, he has this kind of, like, soft moment. 
And again, at the moment, say for me later or the next scene, really, when he basically says, yeah, I don't I don't know what came over me. I don't. That's like almost like that's not me. But I did something heroic and I'm. Yeah, well, yeah. And he also goes on to say that, wow, yeah, it was really heroic. It's like he starts to talk himself up and she's just like, uh, yeah, (laughs) which is a return back to character, which is which is good. So that little moment saved it for me. But in the time and while watching, it was like, hmm, fine. You know, it was fine. I, I like a thing like think Michael said, well, it was just or Michael said it was all well, it it's fine. Yeah. Nothing says, you know, hero like when you try to break about what you did. Cause that, that's how you win <laughs> women over. That's right. That's right. It Selfish. doesn't work. I've tried. Doesn't work. <laughs> I think that's another part of it is they're trying to show that he's developing feelings for her over all this. I think that's what the footloose scene was supposed to show. Or he's but, growing as a character too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it just seems it seems kind of rushed is all. It is, but we're we're basically at the halfway point of the movie thing. We're close to the halfway point. We're, I think we're over halfway, I would say. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're approaching the final third then, which makes mm-hmm. sense, right? You need to have this down. This is the valley. This is the second act. You know, well, this is where yeah. like everything falls apart. You have the stone gets taken. We were saying like Gamora and and Quill get captured by the. I was going to say Reavers again. Um, <laughs> the Ravengers. You have Drax gets t- beat up by Ronan and tossed in the yellow goop to be drowned. Like <laughs> I have everybody a, I have in my is, notes is icky pee goo. <laughs> I mean, yeah. everybody is just except for Groot and Rocket. They're all like the whole team is just screwed up. Like they they've mm-hmm. lost. And I think that's kind of like the, the big point of the scene is that they're done and they have to kind of figure out what they're going to do now. So. That's yeah. how I took it. No, it's fair. It's good. And uh, like you said, it's the downpour of the movie where everyone is kind of at their lowest point, which, you know, that's what movies do. And, uh, you know, except for the movies I watch on my spare time where it's always a down point. There's no <laughs> good points. You watch a lot of horror <laughs> movies, don't you? Nah, I watch a weird, weird indie movies again oh, okay. uh, at the lighthouse. It's it's wonderful. It's not for everybody, though. Yeah, really. yeah so, um, yeah, no, it's, it's a good point. Rocket kind of like turns unsympathetic because Drax admits <laughs> the move was foolish. Like he's like, I was a fool for calling Rodin. And then Rocket's like, well, I forget the line, but he is complete. Yeah. Total. Say, boo hoo, my family's dead. Yeah. Wow. Rich reaction. Of, <gasps> yep. I got that reaction. Yeah. Is this when he starts kicking the grass? No, that's okay, at the later. very end. I think. It's, yeah. It's the end of this same scene. Okay. Well, I like that okay. part. Yeah, it's when that Groot talks them into going to to save Gamora and Quill because they find out that they're with Yondu now. Oh right! You see so, what yeah, you're doing? You're making me kick dirt or something. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it was funny. I do like that moment because when he's being unsympathetic, that's him rehardening because he's starting to feel things and feel emotions, and he doesn't like that. So he decides to just be brutal. That's a brutal line. Like, yikes! That's yeah. not pleasant. So, we see a lot of that in the second movie, too, of, of Rocket growing as a character. Yes, oh, Rocket's yeah. excellent in the second character. Really fantastic. So, I mean, it's just it's just something like, you are right, though. I mean, that is a really mean thing to say. And it's like something that it would be really hard to come back from. It's the kind of comment yeah. that, like, you know, you could see a friendship not really building and not growing. Like, just, you're done. I mean, they weren't friends in the first place. So, Yeah, right. and I could, see, I could see him also, again, like protecting himself, knowing that I can't be friendly. I can't have connections with people because they always leave or they always screw me over. So I'm just going to burn this bridge with the meanest thing I can think of. Hey, you just made a pretty one tree damn close. Hill. You yeah. made a One Tree Hill reference without meaning it. Everybody leaves. <laughs> Is that what happens? Okay. No, there's a there's a joke in One Tree Hill where the Peyton always writes a thing saying everyone leaves. That's all. So then uh, after this whole thing, <laughs> Keep going, sorry, sorry. No, you're good. Please, <laughs> sorry. Take, take, I'm being dumb. 
No, no, that's fair. Uh, I was going to say, so if there's nothing else on um, One Tree Hill or on this scene, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, hey, so now One Tree Hill to... still holds up in 2020. All right. All I right. don't know why. I don't okay. know how. Fair enough. So we have uh, Ronin with Thanos now. Thanos uh, is is not too pleased with what's going on. Well, Ronin then ingests the, inf- uh, not the Infinity Stone. He's the, uh, mad power stone. because Ronin won't give him the stone. Like even oh, Ronin. that's what it was. Yeah, because Ronin has it. And yeah, and he's like, what do I need you for? Right, I got, you know, this this source of unlimited power. He, uh, you know, encloses it, grabs it. He kind of, like, embodies the power. Don't know how he could do it, and others can't, but fine. And then um, it's time to destroy the Kree, then Thanos. Boom. Sla- slaps it on his hammer. He can't Slash hold it very it. long. He has to put it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's right, right, Powerful. Right. I mean, he's not human. He's a very spe- you know powerful alien-type creature. He can hold it a little while. But he can't, not forever. That's why he puts in the hammer pretty quick. This is within like less a couple seconds before it goes in that. Yeah, hammer. that's true. That's true. Pretty cool scene. A lot of cool light coming out of bodies and just like neat. And uh, so now we're set up. We got our big bad with his big hammer, and yeah, we're he, ready to. And his whole plan is to drive or drive to fly to Xander, land, and hit the planet with a hammer, and that will kill everybody. But if you're on a planet and you hit it with a hammer that blows up the planet. But you're on that planet. <laughs> like, this is very true. Yeah, we also see him tank a, sh- a shell from this supposed weapon of mass destruction later on. So Because of the Power Stone. Yeah. I think, or just because he's really powerful. I'm not sure which I, one. I assumed it was the stone. It could be he's just very powerful, because the Kree aren't weak to begin with. I mean, we see in Captain Marvel, and he's a, and he's a special Kree, so. Yeah, but yeah, probably the stone is why. It's probably that dirt they threw on him in the baptism. Yeah, that, that did it. You know, when you got when you gave <laughs> covenant to some nothing, magic dirt. Nothing gives you a little pep like some magic dirt during your baptism. <laughs> oh, that's very funny. All right. Uh, yeah. So then we we're, we're we're back on Yondu's ship, and this is where we have that thing. This is where we have the scene where everyone's all yeah. Hang he on. gets beat up like they they're about to kill him, and they're they're gonna kill him. And that's when he says, "Hey, um, we can go attack Ronan. She knows all about Ronan, and we can get the biggest prize you ever had." And right, that's right, when right, that right. happens. And then you have rockets who start shooting the Reaver ship, <laughs> and Drax is on top of the ship with that weapon of mass destruction thing. That's all during this time when they and then he's yeah. like, and he's like, "We're gonna shoot in five, four, three. And he's like, "What are you doing? Stop!" <laughs> I'm on here. Love that Yondu goes up to the bridge and the the guy at the controls is like, yeah, the, the shot's not doing any damage, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an excellent little moment. It's it's very good. I, I do like that. I they I mean they bring this joke up throughout the rest of this movie a couple times. They're like, how are you going to save me by blowing the ship I'm on? Well, if they only if they didn't give me only if they didn't release you. It's funny. <laughs> it's very funny. It also subvert. It's also, it's actually yeah. It answers a question a lot of people have. And it's a movie thing too, right? We're gonna destroy the ship to save the person. Well, here. Could you not do that? <laughs> I mean, that could work if you were, you know, had. Yeah, that couldn't work in any way. Never mind. What I was going to say I'm like, no, that doesn't work. I was like, hey, oh, if you're in water, no, you would drown. If you're in, if you're in the sky, you'd fall and die or blow up. Like either way, you're dead. Doesn't work. I, I just, love the. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just tell you, like, if they're going to kill them, then we're going to instantly avenge you anyway. So we'll just kill everyone at once. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty good. And it's it's I also like uh, Yandu has a really good line. He keeps saying, I saved you from being eaten. <laughs> <laughs> they had never tasted terror before. And it's like third time this movie. He's he's brought that up. It's such a father son relationship. Like you can tell there's a there's a at least a connection. And of course, in two, it's clearly like almost like a father son connection. And um, it's great. I, I really like that. Whole I moment. hate that. That joke gets old too quick in this. 
I I I was here for it. Yeah, it's I, only three times. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't like it. I, I don't like it. I I just it bug it bugs me for some reason. I, I like it why. because it's kind of like it's basically the only thing he has over over Quill. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like that's what he has. Like he's like, you have to listen to me. I saved you from being eaten. <laughs> and Quill's almost like, why do you keep saying that? I there, that was not a problem. You know, it's very again, it's a very kind of like a fatherly thing. You know, cool. It's very good. I I enjoy it. I also, um, yeah. also like Rocket's uh, response when Peter stops him from shooting. It's like. Oh, hey, Quill, what's going on? Just so casual about it. It's like, hey, you're just about to kill all these people, and now you're so nonchalant about it. That's great. <laughs> but, I mean, they're not nice. That's the thing. Like, nobody in this are, are nice characters. They're all bad people. Everybody. So, yeah, this but, is, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. This is during the planning scene, then, too, where they kind of have, like, their first, where they really start to kind of build as a team now, and they're, and they're planning how to take their own, and you have the jokes like, I got a plan. How much of a plan you got? I got... 12% of a plan. They're like, that's barely even a concept. Like, it's it so is. funny. Why, why 12%? Because that was the the same amount of percent that Tony was willing to give Pepper at the beginning of Avengers. Ooh. It's like, g- g- give yourself huh. 12% of the credit. Maybe it's just a joke then. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. That can't be coincidental. No, I doubt it is. Yeah, knowing more. Yeah, I think there's another Star Wars reference in there we don't get. I don't know. Yeah, could be. I'm not sure. But I, I just, some, there's probably, yeah, there's got to be some reason they did that then. Oh, so I have another I have another question for Bill. So after they come up with a plan, they tell in their plan to the I was gonna say Reaver again, the Ravengers. <laughs> what do you think? How do you feel about the Cherry Bomb song? That's great. That song oh, slaps. Yeah. That's a great song. It's got that really cool late seventies, early eighties punk, garage punk vibe, like CBGB's um thing. It's great. It's a very again, very well suited for uh for that. So and, and actually yeah. It started playing and my, my my wife perked up. She's like, Is this Cherry Bomb? Yeah, really? That's cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a great song. It's uh, it's excellent. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. It's actually that style of music is also becoming very much so in vogue, um, like in indie scenes and such. Kind of like that DIY garage punk uh, girl group is is uh, is becoming in fashion right now. I didn't even realize it was a girl group. So just now, when I'm watching the video as we're talking. Yep, yep, yep. Girl group, fun stuff. Okay. They're very good. But yeah, so they they're kind of talking about the plan. One thing I just looked it up is a uh, so. Someone was asking James Gunn about the 12% plan. If that's a reference to Tony Stark's 12% credit, was it a happy coincidence? The answer is no. The number 12 is often used in writing slash comedy because it's the highest one syllable number. So there's no significance to the number 12 in these films. Huh? Nice. Yeah, Nick, that's pretty cool. Because everything 13, 14, 15, 12. And I guess the rhythm of 12 fits, uh, just fits the, fits scripts. That's interesting. I'm glad I looked that up. And 11 would be two syllables. Yeah, that is cool. We learned something new. Cool. That we did not know. Yeah, and you were perceptive because it is in a lot of the Avengers movies. It's a lot. Nice. It's, it's a common number. Okay. Back to the back to Cherry Bomb. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, this is I cool. I, again, I don't the, care for the song. The, the suit. Oh, you don't? Really? Okay. You know, I actually rather hear Uga Chaka, Uga Chaka. <laughs> Listen, but, you, know. you know what? You're just trying to get a rise out of me. That's no, all actually, you're doing. I'm not. I was, I'm listening <laughs> no, to Cherry no, no, Bomb no, right fine. now, and I'm like, I'd rather hear Uga Chaka. This is officially for the show stuff, right? It's like just 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 keep prodding him with a stick. He'll talk. There's nothing to wrong with the song. I just I don't care for it. Okay, that's fine. I just it's I, I think it's I think it's great. It's a cool rock song. <laughs> the video is cool that I'm watching from record from a concert though. Yeah, I I, that. it's, it's very seldom all three of us agree on something being good anyway. It seems <laughs> like there's always one person's like nah. Well, that's good. That's called it. That makes things interesting. That's good. Is dynamic. This is when you have the eye joke, which I laugh like, and I need that guy's eye. And he's like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> Very funny. Again, another another thing paying off. Really good. Um, this is also the point where where um Quill has to rally the rally team speech, mm-hmm. where 
he refers to them as losers. And it's interesting you guys were talking about how they're all really bad people. This may sound cheesy. I, I almost see it as they're bad people through nurture, not nature. They are bad people because they have to be. And there are certain different professions. So Drax, you know, he's the destroyer, but he's violent because he's trying to get over some of the family issues. His, his, his children dying, you know, so he's trying to hunt down people. Gamora is violent because she was brought up that way. Like she was brought up to be a, a warrior. Exactly. We, she's brought up that way. Rocket was engineered to be this violent rodent, you know, and he's got his own issues. So it's not like everybody is evil for the sake of evil. They all have their reasons behind it. And it's just a natural progression of just who they are and what they've been through, um, which makes it very interesting when they all kind of turn to be more heroes with a bigger picture. It's kind of like and this scene, this is really where that happens. Again, I think I've mentioned Horizon Zero Dawn, where in that movie, Aloy, who's the, the lead, she doesn't really change as a character. Her just gaze widened. She just kind of game. Sorry. Oh, game. Yes. Well, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn, the game. I'd like to see a movie that would be pretty Me cool. Too. Her gaze widened. She realized there's a bigger world out there. It's not just about her. It's not about her problems and not about her issues. And she can utilize her her gifts and her talents for a bigger purpose. And that's kind of what happens here, too. Everyone realizes and what I love about this is. Rocket says, you're asking us to die. Peter Quill's like, yeah, I guess I am. And everybody just says, okay. They don't expect to win. Like, none of them expect to survive this 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 battle. But they're going to do it anyway because that's the right thing to do. And it's really powerful and very – it's a good motivation, a very honest motivation. You know, they realize they're going over the trenches. Very unlikely they're going to survive, but we got to do it for the greater good. We're all standing up now. <laughs> Jackass is standing in a circle. That was a funny line, and and I, I do I I, I want to say this is when you have the hero walk, which was advertised in the trailer where they all start. I think Cherry Bomb's still playing, if I remember correctly. This is when it starts playing during they, during the suit up, and they're all walking in their in their costumes, which aren't really costumes, and they're just walking down the hallway, and it, it is cool. And I think this is around the same time when he calls uh, John right you know, Wreck It Ralph to tell him about what's happening <laughs> with Ronan because Ronan is on his way to destroy Xandar. And they're like. And he and he said he's not hundred percent a dick. And then she's like, Well, do you believe that? Well, I don't believe anyone's hundred percent a dick. I meant Ronan. I'm like, that's funny. Yeah, he calls yeah, he calls John C. Riley and tells him what's going on and the Nova Corps can help him out. You kind of learn what the plan is very quickly. They kind of breeze through the plan, like really quickly, and get the suit up montage, which is always cool. And yeah, they're they're on their way to the final the final confrontation. I, I like this end. That's great. The whole last part of the movie. Like when you have the Ravengers, or yeah, Ravengers, and <laughs> they're going to go attack Ronan. Like I think that's cool. Like the whole like little smokescreen thing they do, and they go fly under him. And their whole plan is just distract him so they can blow a hole in one of the walls and fly in. Again, very clever. A very neat, interesting way of approaching a, a problem. Which again, this movie is chock full of. What did you think about it, uh, Michael? Uh, like. As soon as the action started, I kind of tuned out because when it comes to aerial battle battles, I have trouble keeping track of what's going on. So I kind of I kind of zoned out until they actually got on the uh, the ship. What is the ship called? I had it in my notes somewhere. I forget. I don't remember. Uh, Ronin ship. Yeah. <laughs> the SS Ronin. Ronin. Uh, the Dark Ast- Aster. Aster. Oh, I think that's right. Aster. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Now aerial battles are tough because they're so frenetic. It's it's hard to see what's happening. Um, they have to be very carefully paced because, again, you have all this space, right? You have, like, lots of space. So you got to have a guy saying, don't get cocky, kid. Otherwise, <laughs> Well, it's not even that. Because you look at the space battles in, like, in Star Wars, 
the original Star Wars, not the disasters that were prequels, but they're very slow. They're not very fast because there's no frame of reference. You you look don't at, know where anybody else is in the frame. Look at Star so the, Trek. Well, Star, Star Trek is they're not they're slow as hell. Those space battles. Well, when Star you really Trek think about is. It. Star Trek's are basically naval battles. I mean, Star Trek is just the Navy in space. It is. It's yeah. I mean, that's what, and... is that what space would be like, I think? Like, sure. I feel like. Cause it's I don't not, know. Because you can't, you, I feel like you can't move, like, it's not going to be the way we see it in Star Wars where you're, you know, zip zapping like you're in, I, I feel like it would be like the Star Trek version. In, I in honestly real life, don't know. We, when we get there. Yeah, I, I don't know. But Star Trek is, again, Star Trek is based off of basically naval battles, like uh, two ships with cannons. That's what they are. And they're just yeah. basically looking for tactical advantages as opposed to like dipping and weaving. Unless you're, of course, oh, God damn it. J.J. Abrams. Thank you. Unless you're J.J. Abrams and doing that whole thing. Yeah. So that's the problem with aerial battles, like any dogfighting. There's no frame of reference. Right. So you don't know where anybody is in relation to anybody else. So what you have to do is you have to keep cutting back to a frame of reference. So the large ship front. OK, that's where I'm at. Cut to something else. Where am I? Who's fighting who? <laughs> back to this. Back to that. Frame of reference. It's a lot of frenetics. So I can understand it, Michael, if you're saying it's hard to follow because it is. That's yeah. why there isn't too much of it. That's yeah, why it a lot a of it. It is short and it has to be. And that's why a lot of the best stuff in it is when the when the spaceships are still. Like there's that moment when they start kamikazeing, and we'll talk about that in a moment. That's great because the ship is still. I know where they're yeah. going out. They have a direction. It's downward towards a big surface. People at the bottom shooting up. Sweet. Excellent. I know where everyone is. I can keep track. So that's that's one of the things with aerial battles that are tough. But it's quick, and they, they understand that, and they, they mitigate that, especially with the one ship firing into the side to make the whole, um, again, frame of reference. This is what the most important thing is. These guys got to get through. Yeah, because that's all. Like This is when you have the Nova shows up, too, which, again, the Nova thing was weird because they all – like, they have cool ships, but all they do with their ships are make a blockade to stop something like i was i was like you think you'd have a giant cannon or something that you could use to destroy a get like a giant ship that would attack your planet something yeah i I mean they're 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 peacekeepers so i i I can i can kind of buy it i guess yeah Mm. i can see them they're not militant they're just they're protecting themselves as opposed to attacking someone else and i could see that working against like some small ships you know basically creating a giant net it, Which it stops is, them for a while. Yeah, it does. It's cool. Yeah, it looks cool. It looks super cool, which is probably half the battle. <laughs> I, yeah. It is a cool scene. And like I do like it when they infiltrate and you have that's when they can't see. So Groot does his little light thing with a little plant. When did you learn how to do that? Pretty sure the answer to that question is going to be I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> I did funny. like that joke. <laughs> I, I, I wrote down in my notes that Groot releases. He's being sweet and releases his beautiful pyreflies from Final Fantasy X. Yeah, we didn't mention when he, they first get to nowhere and he gives the little girl a flower that he grows out of his hand. Oh, so yeah. Everyone, I was yeah. waiting for her to eat it for some reason. I, wanted <laughs> I was, to away her, from I was the waiting crush for it. her jaw to drop like a monster and just eat it. Like, yep, like, like I, was, I swear to you, I was. I was waiting for like him to eat it or crush it. It was so sweet. And that, again, that's why everyone loves Groot because he's got this really beautiful heart that no one really else has in the entire group. And again, this beautiful little firefly scene. All they're doing now is sweetening up Groot. Let's yeah. make him really lovable and likable for everybody. I like this version. Crashing down. Uh, just to I, crash you down and destroy uh, you. It's too bad there's never a Groot I like the rest of these movies. Oh. I like this. Hot take. Uh, this is really this is really just hot take Saturday. My God. <laughs> and like this is I, I do like the part when Drax shoots Nebula with the cannon. 
And she because she just shows up, he just shoots her, and at the end of her for for. I know it's very good. And yeah, he's giving his little speech about his friends, like this dumb tree. He is my friend in this oh, green yeah. whore. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and the nebula shows up, starts trash talking him. He shoots her. No one talks to my friends like that. <laughs> oh, oh good. Yeah, and I, I want to say this is there's also a scene like you so throughout the movie they've been teasing that stupid stupid whistle that Yandu has and you have Yandu who's crashed on the ground and he's surrounded by Ninja Turtles villains <laughs> uh, those guys from earlier throughout the movie and they're and then this is when you he, he says something and he finally activates that that little arrow on his side and he starts whistling and it just kills everybody and his ship and I'm just <laughs> I have it in my, in the, hmm? have it in my notes is whistle stick massacre it, it's so. I mean, I remember thinking it was super cool. I mean, I still kind of like it. But I'm just like, eh. It's it, it's interesting. It's it's a scene that's put in for no good reason. Like, there's no reason for him to do that. They've been like, teasing he, it all movie. They've been teasing it, yeah. So it's a, it's an opportunity for us to finally see him do something cool. But if it, within the framework of the film, it makes no difference. It's not like it has any agency. He crashed. He whistle sticks. You know, fifty. You know, thirty people. But it is so cool. It is awesome watching him, watching that thing just slice through people, slice through the ship, slice through bodies. Man, it is really all great. The scene, in the, the scene in the sequel is so much better, too. Oh, it's, my God. It's so, it's so good. Yes. Oh, I can't wait to see that again. I love that. I love that thing. I think it's so efficient. And it's hard to – how do you fight against it? It's like this little – you said it perfectly, Michael. It's a whistle stick. <laughs> it, it's 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 a uh it's just this little thing that zips around and slashes and cuts and it shows how cool he is because he's controlling it too like he's yeah. controlling it through his whistling which is extremely awesome and different different i've never you know i've never seen anything like that in a movie so yeah i'm a super big fan of it and i enjoyed it for the for the thrill of seeing the whistle stick in action as far as the rest of the movie it's just there for that to kind of establish him as a an actual you know just kind of Pump him up as a character. It, it it works. It it doesn't. I mean, I don't like it, but it works. I mean, it, it and it, again, at least at least they finally did something with the stupid arrow. Because in in the comics, he has a bow. Yandu had a bow and arrow, so instead they give him a whistling arrow. In case you're curious why he had that. And then you also during this is during around the same point you have Gamora and Nebula finally fighting back and forth. They kind of they kind of cut in between this fight because she's trying to deactivate the, the generators so they can get to Ronan because they got to get you know, or she's trying to deactivate the force the, the tractor beam so they can get their ship out of there. Either one works, but no one. Okay. Yeah. Oh no no I, I, I don't Star know. Wars I, joke. I, I was there. No, I was with you. I, I, sorry, I was looking down at my notes. I, I wasn't. Uh... And. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. Like it, it's cool to finally get the sisters to fight each other because they kind of been referencing throughout this movie how they they don't like each other and stuff. So because I mean you don't really get into it till the second movie when they talk about why Nebula looks the way Nebula does, yeah, and, and why she hates Gamora as much as she does. But it, it still works. I mean, it's still a cool scene. And this is also when you have Ronan tells his troops to die bomb the city and commit suicide. Yep. Which just seems. Well, I guess it fits Ronan. I mean, I guess these people are probably you know are fanatics that are fighting with Ronan, so it makes sense. No, it's just Ronan being evil Ronan, just like he is. Ronan being, oh, Ronan. He's like a, <laughs> like a sitcom. Oh, that Ronan. He's just killing people again. Uh, yeah, no, he stinks. I don't like him. He's not, he's not a, I don't think he's a good, again, I don't think he's a good villain. All yeah. of this stuff, for what purpose? Again, it's a single-minded, I want to be powerful. I want to be a god. 
orders will well, say. Just, he just wants to destroy Xandar. That's all it is. Yeah, but why? Like again, there's there's no <laughs> why the to this. Script said so. Well, I understand that. I get it. Yeah, you got to read the script and you do the thing. I see. I, I I'm reading what you're writing, but man, there's no <laughs> the motivation is just weak, weak, weak. He looks cool again. He's got this face paint and he's got his hooded thing and he's got his hoods and such and his giant hammer. That's great. But I I just the motivation isn't there for me and it's just kind of a villain ass villain. Just all right. Just, just got myself a bad guy. You, got, you need someone for the good guys to beat. Yeah, um, it's almost get... like I wonder if they didn't have faith in the movie, so that it, like Mike said earlier, they didn't want to use a big villain on the Guardians of the Galaxy. So there's like, oh, just throw Ronan in there. Let's give him someone to fight. That's fair, I, and that's problem. That's fine. I get that. It's just it doesn't make for a very compelling uh, villain. Luckily, the your heroes are compelling, and possibly the thought was it's okay if this villain is kind of just too evil for the sake of evil we're really trying to focus on building in this group and focusing on just the tone that these guys bring as a team and just kind of cementing them as a team uh, which is which is fine because it does a gorgeous job of that so, and i'd much rather that than in this case than a really an excellent villain who's complex or well, basically thanos who's an excellent villain who's complex and interesting yeah no they they, they didn't do the best job here but it, it, it he does he never shows up again so you know i guess that's part of it well, there's a good reason for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, one, he dies, so yeah, it's hard to come back from that, I guess. Yeah, and then the, so then we get to the the next scene because I think while we're still in, let's see, so we also had a a, a, mo- a scene where because this is a point now where they're all in the ship and they're all kind of like making their way towards the the main Ronin room. So this kind of breaks up into three parts. You have you have Quill and Drax and Groot are um, in one section, which again is showcasing. Quill is being really crafty and showing off his like his gun skills. Drax is just beating people. He finishes off to do with the weird hair from the beginning. Uh, weird <laughs> yeah. hair ball guy or blind Cor- guy. Cor- Korath, I don't think it's ever actually say- said, but yeah, where he walks in, he's like Star Lord, and Peter's like, yeah, Finally, someone, someone calls <laughs> me it. It's the same <laughs> yeah. guy from earlier. Yeah, and then uh, Groot has this wonderful little overkill. That he uh, oh puts his with like eighteen people show up, and then he just puts two branches between, puts a branch between a row of them, and just slams them back and forth. <laughs> I was trying to remember which movie that was from, and then it, the, the scene played. I'm like, oh, there it is. There it is. It's really funny that this. Uh, he, he turns to the camera and smiles like, hey, <laughs> I did good. I did good. Look I mean, what that's I did. The part when it's like, I, I mean, to me, I'm like, he just killed all these people. Like he's like, hi, and I'm like, oh. I had that moment. Too. I had that thought too. It's like, yeah, you just murdered like twenty people, but Gleam. Yeah. Hey, listen, you know, hey, survival. It's it's a it's a movie. I, I gotta I deal. I deal with that. And then um, Ronan obliterates the shield. That is was really hard. That was emotionally tough for me. I was like, because each one of those ships has a person in there, so he just obliterates thousands of people in one shot. Whew. That was very. That was big. That was like felt like a big moment. That's a, I didn't think about that, but yeah. Oh, yeah, because they show the the British guy is next to, to Rocket, and it's like the ship is crushing him, basically, yeah. before it explodes. It's like, oh, brutal. Yeah, not pleasant. Better. I like that, too, because, again, shields, you know, think back to, was it Thor, Thor Dark World, when they turn on their shield, and then the dude just turns it off, <laughs> just smashes <laughs> it, and it goes away. <laughs> it's like, well, that that did nothing. This has a lot of stakes to it because, again, you have these are people creating this barricade and very selfless people. Like they're just sitting there getting shot, you know, by this, you know, by people. So it's it's really very uh, 
touching and really strong moment for me. Yeah, it doesn't work out too well for them either. No, it doesn't. <sighs> Which is, yeah, it, it is a cool scene, though. And then I, I want to say this is also pulling my notes up. Um, this is when and then they shoot because earlier and this is when as like the fight with Gamora and Nebula ends and you have Nebula fall off uh, the ship and then land onto another ship. But I don't think you see her again the rest of this movie. She disappears after that. No, yeah, she it. she kicks out the the pilot and flies off. Yeah, and then she's not around till the second movie. Correct. And Ronan gets shot with a rocket by Drax, I think it was, or rocket or rocket shot him. I can't remember who shoots. Yeah, him. I, I think it's the same. No, Drax shot him. Yeah, I think it's the same uh, weapon that Rocket threatens to shoot at Yondu's ship yep, earlier. Uh, whatever the yes. hell they call yeah, it. I yeah, I can't remember what the name was, but when Peter's going over the plan, he he says it again. Like, oh, that, that thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. And then this yeah. is also we have a bunch of stuff at where you have uh, Rocket crashes into the ship with the other ship that he was driving. So all this stuff happens like that. Yeah, Rocket smashes in. Um, they they try to they sh- try to shoot Ronan with the with the big gun. And he stops it like well, he explodes, but he's unharmed. Yeah. And then Rocket just flies just kamikazes into the front of the ship. Ship goes down. That's when that's as the ship is going down. That's why it starts crashing. And that's the scene again. This is the third <laughs> tearjerker. No, second tearjerker. Or third, second to third, where Groot surrounds them with his branches and has that moment with Rocket where Rocket says, you can't do this. You'll die. And then Groot says, we are Groot. And that is. <laughs> Is heartbreaking. That's so sad. I remember in the theater tearing up. I remember yeah. have getting the tear on. I was like, "Oh my, this is rough." It's it's Iron Giant all over again. I don't know what it is with Vin Diesel's uh, animated characters. <laughs> they all want to sacrifice themselves in like the most heroic way, and it just yeah. hurts like hell every time. It it really does punch. I mean, I had is... forgotten about the scene where Groot dies, though. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I I, I guess it, I mean I should have known because I remember Baby Groot and I knew, but I don't know. I just didn't really. I was like, oh yeah, this happens. No, yeah, this is this is a toughie. So uh, this was a, this was just a very a very effective. Again, this is good character building. Everyone likes Groot because he's a sweetheart, but he's also effective. He's good in battle. He's he doesn't say much, which sometimes helps. <laughs> and, and to have him just be so self sacrificial in a way that none of them would have been is just really a gorgeous moment. Him knowing that this this act of sacrifice is going to save them and kill him. So. Whew. It's it's tough and it's really beautiful, which makes the the last part of this really really stick out and and, and punch well because they get a little bit of revenge because they they survive the ship crash because of Groot because he protected them and then Ronan walks out and they're like Ronan live and he has the hammer and this I mean this is stupid but it's it somehow works in this movie like Ronan's about to destroy the planet he's saying some bullshit and then doesn't and it, isn't that is that from Footloose where he just starts dancing he's just dancing and he's singing Ooh Child which is a gorgeous lush beautiful soul song it is stunning it's an amazing song i guess i i don't need to ask how you feel about the song oh <laughs> uh, it's, it's my favorite song in the soundtrack it's it's great one of my favorite soul songs he so he mentions footloose because he's trying to distract him this I, scene I like should not work and like you said mike i don't know why it does because it really does it's 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 a tone reverse it doesn't make sense why doesn't ronin just blast him away why is he staring at him stupidly? Why is he going, what are you doing? Like, that's out of character. That's very in character for, um, Quill. for Quill. But the I don't know. I, I wish I had a good answer for you why it works, but it really does. It, I guess it's just tone, maybe? The film has set this up where this is the tone of this movie. We're going to make these crazy gear shifts. Um, 
and he's a character that's like that. Like he's gonna do something stupid if it works. Yeah, he's just gonna try it again. Um, yeah. He's just gonna give whatever he has, which are some really cheesy. He goes to Gamora. Gamora, no, <laughs> bringing no. it back. <laughs> I do like that. Like I, I had forgotten how funny this part was, and and then I it's... like he's like, "What are you doing?" Like you were saying, he's like. It's called distra- it's called a distraction. <laughs> you big turd blossom. Turd blossom. Like, it, it's funny word. that it makes sense because he wasn't. He just he just had to keep him distracted just for a couple, just for a little bit while they got ready. Like it's funny. So they <laughs> they use the big gun again, right, to shoot out yeah, the the hammer, just the hammer to shoot release the, hammer. the stone. Quill grabs it um, in the very cool little slow motion moment um, that I suspect was probably made for 3D again. There's I there's a bunch that are made for 3D here, but I didn't go through them. And <laughs> they he grabs a stone. He starts skitzing out, you know, getting absorbed by it. He can handle it like we all learn because he is a, a half god. We learn that in the next movie. And then all the, the crew hold hands to help him absorb it. Absorb it. Yeah, um, the, the bookends of Gamora saying, telling him to take his hand. It's just like his mom at the very beginning. Yes, of the movie. yes. And I forgot they actually show his mom again. Yeah, surprised by that. And we're at home like eh, just. Let the let the audience connect that dot. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I did, it didn't need it. It didn't but, need it, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't need I, it though. I, I remember wondering why he survived when he grabbed the stone, but you know, since I've seen the second movie, and they didn't mention it in this movie, but it makes yes. more sense once you realize who his father is. Yeah. Well, yeah, they they tell him he's at the after this fact, and again, just to to polish off Ronan, he they uh, what do they do? They zap him, I guess. I forgot. What yeah, he opens his hand to kind of like. Sends out a solar flare of energy into them. Yeah, it it it's just kind of how I mean the stones are kind of they're all their own thing. They each you know are different elements, but it you know he didn't really know what he was doing. They didn't know what they were doing because they all you know join hands to separate the power of the stone so it doesn't just murder them. So yeah, and and then and uh, yeah, this is very effective. This is good. This guy's got to go, and uh, he goes in spectacular fashion. And that's the end of Ronan. Yondu comes down yay. to collect his stone. Yep, yay. Everyone happy. The, the audience happy cheers. Gone. Yes, me too. He's, <laughs> he's, he's got to go. Then Yonin, Yonin. Yondu comes back to collect because that was the deal. You help us save the stone. I'll give it to you. You can sell it for whatever you want. And in a move that everyone saw coming. I know if you if you didn't see this coming, you weren't watching carefully enough. <laughs> he hands him uh, an orb with the wrong thing inside of it. But yeah, a fake, a fake stone, a fake orb. Um, of course, because it's because it's Quill. Why would he do that? Double, double crossing him ever since. I, I like that. He's like, don't open it. And he and he doesn't open it. And it's like really quick where he's like, I switched it. <laughs> and <laughs> you have Rocket crying, which is, you know, because he's because Groot had died. And he takes a little piece of Groot and puts him in a, in a pot and regrows him. Apparently, yep. or a new Groot. Because baby Groot is a different. It's not the same Groot. Mm-hmm. No, it's to see the Groot. And this is also when you get the little scene that talks about the anatomy in Quill's body that, you know, he's 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 human on his mother's half, but his father's half is something they've never seen before. Yep. Yeah. They're like, you're half Terran. And also before that, I really did like the uh, when Drac consoling Rocket by petting him like a like a little. Like a little <laughs> that was. Yeah, that was really cool. I love that. That was really it was a very pretty moment. But yeah, so we find out that, you know, he's uh, uh, Quill is half Terran, half something they've never seen before. Probably why he was able to hold on to that thing for so long. John C. Riley gives him his new ship, same as the old ship, even painted properly. And... New Milano. And you were right, 2.0. it was a reference to Alyssa. Oh, that's oh, nice. very funny. I looked Good that job. up while we were talking earlier. 
I just forgot to mention it. And I I do like you see that little that little section where you see John C. Riley's family where he goes and sees his kids and you have the little and you finally have Peter open the letter that his mother gave him when she died all those years ago and he never opened it and he finally opens it and it says tape volume two on it. Yeah. I remember getting all excited, like, oh, I can't wait to hear what their soundtrack is next time. I don't think it's <laughs> as good, is it? I don't remember. No, I it's not as good. Oh, no. I'll have to listen to it. I, haven't, I, I didn't look that one up. Um, they play Ain't No Mountain High Enough, of course, which is a classic no Marvin Gaye Ain't song. No, it's a good song. I always no, think of great. that. Whenever I hear that song, I think of the movie Stepmom with Julia Roberts. Nope. Nobody? Never saw <laughs> it. No, I never saw okay. I think it's called Stepmom, or is it? I don't remember. Maybe something else. It's a movie with Julia Roberts and the woman, the she's a nanny or something. Well, maybe not be stepmom, it might be something else. She's a nanny, and the woman she's taking care of these kids for is dying of cancer, and they, and they play that song a bunch in that movie. I think it's a Remember the Titans. No, 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 that's in there, isn't it? Oh yeah, I, I've never seen that either. That's, that's okay. But anyway, you know, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go look up my. No, you're good. I'm talking about nothingness. That's okay. <laughs> also, in a Peter's mom's letters where she calls him Star Lord and you figure yes. out why why he's so attached to that name all this I time. Star Lord. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Very good. Again, paying off. Everything's paying off at the end. All the bookends are being made. We have just enough, you know, things that are left over for everyone's imagination. You know, what happened to Nebula, that sort of thing. But you know, what about what's the deal with this Thanos character? Oh, uh, and then oh yeah, we also didn't mention that uh, Yandu does open up and finds a troll. <laughs> in, in, in the orb and his reaction is to laugh that's so good uh, it's that's a sign of friendship of like you're such a dick didn't give me that stone in the first place i wonder if that's on his control console in the second movie. i wonder we have to take we have we'll have to make sure we take a note when we, when yeah. we see the second here it was yeah mom, it's by great. The way. all the stuff wraps up yeah answer that very important question it was the movie <laughs> step mom. all right that. all right because everyone was very concerned that I wasn't <laughs> wrong, you know. I don't know. It just it just dawned on me. And then you and then Nova has the power stone. Baby Groot. I do like that thing when and then Baby Groot is born. Like you see it barely when they and they go and fly off and then it plays another song. Uh, that that Michael that early Michael Jackson five song. It's as yeah. easy as one two three. No, yeah, it's not that one. Not is what was it? I want you back. I'm pretty That's sure it's I want you back. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. Is yeah. I wrote down the wrong thing in my notes apparently. Now it's in my head. Damn it. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah whenever I hear Jack in Five Hours, go straight to that song too, Mike. Yeah, that's really yeah. But that's the uh, I watch it back was a big hit. Good, it's good, uh, fun, upbeat song for the end of this movie. Um, you get Groot in the pre-credits scene, which I wrote down pre-credits, but I guess aren't they all it is pre-credits? pre-credits it's, it's before the credits start. <laughs> we're all, but they're have... all pre-credits. Like yeah. the, the movie was pre-credits. <laughs> oh, I know. But, okay, this is at the end of the movie, <laughs> but it's not like a post-credit scene like you would normally have. But it is a credit scene. It's Drax sitting there sharpening his knife, and they're playing "I Want You Back" and Groot's dancing. It's great. Everyone, I remember being in the theater when that happened. Everybody's dying and cheering. Everybody yep. was just laid out enjoying it. Um, I do like um, Quill's last line in the movie, which is, you know, someone says, should we do something good or should we do something bad? And he goes, let's do it. Let's do a bit of both. They do. Which, which fits that team perfectly. And you also get a you have a little thing that pops up on the screen that says the Guardians of the Galaxy will return. And then you yep. have the dancing group scene. Yep. 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 So I guess post we will return scene. I don't know. It's funny. It's for down pre-credits. I'm like, what? Um, and then of course, uh, there's no mid credits. You have a very dumb Ed credit scene. I don't know. That's cares. It's the, uh, collector is sitting amongst his rubble, uh, drinking a fast, fancy drink with his Astro dog. And yeah, then, uh, Howard, actually, the duck is, Oh, sorry. The dog's actually a character. It's Cosmo, the space dog. He's <laughs> yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. He's got like telepathic powers. 
That's funny. Okay, I see. I don't know. Cool. I mean, and then, uh, and then you have Howard the Duck sitting above there with, like, I don't know. It's just let the character die. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't need everyone involved. I, don't know, I mean, just, I think uh, it was just kind of a joke just to have him there, just because. Yeah. It was. It was one of those like, oh, I know thing. Yay thing. Hi thing. <laughs> and then they, and then you leave. You get a little nostalgia hit. A little bit of dopamine, and you move on with your life. Yes. That movie's fucking terrible, by the way. Oh my! I've God. never seen it. My wife saw it. She said uh, she agrees. It's it's horrendous. So it, it, it's horrendous. Uh, you don't ever need to see it. Movie. Who's got you a still DC? don't need. You still don't need to see it. I know, but like she went from Back to the Future to freaking Howard the Duck. Like, <laughs> what the heck? Ugh. Back to the Future. Uh, that'd be a good one to watch just for fun. You don't want to watch that movie with me. What? Pardon? You're not going to like me after that movie. Oh, no. Come on. It's, it's, we might have to do this episode. We really think we have to. I Not to get off, completely off topic, but I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. A friend who um, takes he, – he has a movie group, and we go to all these movies opening weekend. Um, that's the only reason I see these opening weekends, because I go with him and his movie group, or else I wouldn't. And we were having a conversation about one of the greatest scripts ever written, and – I think, you know, Casablanca is probably one of the best, if not the best. And he said, uh, Back to the Future. And I'm like, huh, you got a point there. You you really do, I think, have a point. Damn. All right. Don't tell me about like Ghostbusters. It. I've never seen it all the way through, I don't think. I've just never been a big fan of it. But I'm okay. willing to do it for the show at some point, all three of them. I'll knock it out one 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 month or something. I'm, I'm up for it. And the third one's oh, fine, wow. too. All right, all right. I'm, we'll do that. We'll do Ghostbusters. And if you don't like Ghostbusters, I, I shelf... love Ghostbusters. Okay, one and two. I've never seen the reboot. Uh, there's only I, I remember two. one. I did. Well, actually, did we did Ghostbusters on the show a long time ago? But not the movie, but the game. We talked about the movie a little bit, but it'll, it'll be a while, so I wouldn't have a problem doing that. And that, yeah. Sorry to just uh, we'll bring it back. Yeah, that's uh, that's Guardians of the Galaxy. All right, I think we should go to Shelfer Box, and I'll go first. Uh, this one, I wasn't exactly sure how. I, I mean, I, I came into it knowing I was going to like it. I left still liking it. I still laughed joke, even though I had one of the a terrible, terrible day when I was watching this yesterday. I'm not going to go in details why, but I had a very bad day. And I'm watching this movie and I still laugh. Like, I was worried that my bad day would reflect how I felt about this movie and make me want to be like, no, this movie's terrible. Like, it, but it, <laughs> it, it, it didn't. I was, it was able to kind of pick me up and help me out even when I, like, because I was halfway through this movie, I got a phone call that was not a good was tough and then i had to go back and finish the rest of this movie and i'm just like i don't want to watch this movie i just want to i just want to go i don't want to be here and you know it was able to pick me up and kind of put me in a better mood it's going on the shelf it still holds up you should definitely watch it great movie how about you mike uh like i said the end of winter soldier i'm here for the explosions and the one-liners and as you guys probably noticed in this episode most of my talking was just quotes from the movie and most of my notes are quotes from the movie like the writing is so good the characters are so good and I will happily watch this again in the future, so it's on the shelf. And how about you, Bill? Oh yeah, this is uh, this is direct to shelf uh, for sure. <laughs> direct. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's just do not pass go. I mean, James Gunn had a really challenging task ahead of him. He needs to he needed to not only pick up the pace of the MCU, um, he had to do it with characters nobody knew. He has to. Create, you know, basically um, create the personalities of five different characters, have them work together, go through the team building and link it up to all the other MCU stuff, the Infinity Stones and Thanos and all this other stuff. And he does it masterfully. It's it's a it's fun. It's funny. It's got its emotional points. You feel for the characters. Uh, It's not just a comedy. I walked into it 
thinking, oh, this is just like the comedy movie. Really isn't. Um, all the humorous bits are well integrated into the themes of the film. I, it's masterfully done. The action is fun and interesting. I, this is definitely one of my favorites in the MCU. And I remember loving it, seeing it. I've seen it numerous times since. And I, I, my opinion has not changed. So this is a um, easy throw it on the shelf and leave it there for eternity. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and before we wrap up the show, I have Mike. Why don't you introduce what we're going to be talking about next time? We're going to be talking about Avengers Age of Ultron, my favorite movie in the MCU for a very long time. So. I cannot wait. I'm very nervous. Actually, that's, I, why he, yeah. that's why he came on the show, because originally he, I had mentioned I, I had talked about doing it. He's like, oh, if you knew Age of Ultron, you got to bring me on. And then <laughs> I'm like, hmm. So I actually I rewatched Age of Ultron right a little bit before this started. Because it was when I first got Disney Plus, so I would say, let's say November, November, December of twenty of twenty nineteen, before the world went to hell. And I remember going, hmm, not so sure. But we'll see. <laughs> I remember being very cool on it. Um, again, I'll, I'll probably tell the story next time, but I'll save for next time. But I remember being very cool on it, and I don't remember much of it. I remember Ultron. I remember liking him as a villain. Actually, I thought he was pretty cool and interesting. That's about it. I really don't remember much. And I'm pretty sure I was somewhat sober. So <laughs> I, uh, that sometimes colors my, my opinions. But uh, yeah, I'm interested in seeing it. I'm just interested in reliving uh, that, that moment and checking out the film again. Be ready for a three, three and a half hour episode, though. Oh, jeez. I'm just going to warn you. They're I'm all sure. getting long now. For this yeah, movie. they are. And this is two yeah. and a half at the moment. We're not. We're just about done. But there's a lot to say about Age of Ultron, too. This is creeping up. <laughs> So. There was one more thing about Guardians that we didn't mention is after the uh, ship crashes onto Xandar, Ronan goes, behold, you're Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, it, yeah. It won't I be know. an MCU movie unless they shoehorn the name in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was <laughs> that was that was a little that was an eye roll right there at that I'm, moment. Having yeah. cool throwback was good, though. It's like you said it yourself, bitch. We're the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cool. OK, that was pretty oh. good. It's also like. It's like, now you really have to go. Your whole point of this movie, sir, was just to say that line. <laughs> now it's time now it's time to get exploded by purple light. Yeah, and I, before we wrap up, before we go to plugs, I have one very important question for you, Bill. Do you like pina coladas? Do you like getting caught in the rain? Um, like no. Like making love the dunes of the cake. I think that's how it goes. What? No. I, I just the line in there. I want to, what's the line? I don't know. I don't want to look up this movie and re- movie. I don't want to look this this song. I don't know what it I'm, was. I'm, I'm going to look up the lyrics right now. <laughs> I, I could have swore that's the lyric. You like making love in the... Okay. If you if you like pina coladas getting caught in the rain, if you're not into yoga, you have half a brain. If you like making love at midnight and the dunes on the cake. I always said it with dunes on the cake and it never made sense to me. <laughs> okay. okay. Then what? I'm in love that you look for. Wait for me. Write to me and escape. Yeah, no. Like, I don't like any of those things. <laughs> um, yeah, I certainly don't like them played to ridiculously poor yacht rock. So... Yeah, I'm a hard pass on all those. Um, uh, yeah, Mr. Rupert, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I was waiting. I've been, I wrote that down to say this for a, over an hour ago. I've been just waiting, waiting to make that joke. Oh, jeez. That's uh, very good. How the very song, good. like, just like with the, just to reference, because people that are still listening, I'm just going to reference kind of like how the song starts is, I was tired of my lady. We've been together too long, like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed in the personal column. There's a letter I read, which is the letter she wrote. Oh, jeez. I mean, You're just, bad. You're bad. Hey, sir, sir, sir. They're both bad. 
you're bad. Like, like don't don't try to make yourself sound endearing over like this the line later. So I waited with high hopes and she walked in the place. I knew her smile in an instant. I knew the curve of her face. My own lovely lady. And she said, oh, it's you. Like, oh, we're cheating on each other. Oh, yeah. great. It's just. Yeah, so, hey, oh, like a wacky sitcom. Like, oh, see. Oh, let's get the Seinfeld oh, end credits. We and for a moment. And I said, I never knew. Like, <laughs> so I'm glad bad. we had I'm glad we have you on recording singing this. This, 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 <laughs> this, this I thought about singing this entire song, but I just that's not. I mean, I don't know. It's um, yeah, not good. Again, I plays it well. It works in the film, and that's that's where I should die completely. Yeah. It's done. There's, if I was in a better mood, I might. There are some songs where you just shouldn't analyze the lyrics. Like, have you ever listened to "Semi Charmed Life" by Third Eye Blind? That is a dirty song if you really think about the lyrics. It's it's bad. I never have actually. I just, you know, it's kind of washed over me. <laughs> huh, okay. There's a lot of songs that you just don't really like. I died in your arms tonight. Don't do not look up what that song is about. Do not think about what that song is about. But like or one the, thing, you're talking I'll, about music. Hmm? <laughs> I'll be watching you by the police. Like, right, okay, this. stalker. That's yeah, no, that's. Song. He even said it's a stalker song. He's like, it is. Don't yeah. play this at your weddings. This is not a good song. <laughs> Um, any song, like a lot of songs will do is like when, when women are singing a song and they'll talk about, oh, there's a Carly Rae Jepsen song where she, where, um, God, I wish I knew the song off my hand, but she's like, I'll get, I'll, I'll get my own beat. She's talking about masturbating the same, like the song uh, by Billy Idol. I'm dancing with myself when there's no one to love. I'll be looking, I'll be looking in the mirror, dancing oh, with my, geez. it's all about masturbation. Like it's, it's hidden, but I'm like. And I noticed the, since I've been looking for that, there are so many songs that will talk about the beat of my own music or something about that. And it's all about ma- it's all masturbation lyrics. <laughs> You're welcome, nope. listeners. This is game. Yeah. My, game. My mom found karaoke. We're gonna just uh, <laughs> just gonna bust out. Yeah. All right. Cool. I've done it a few times. All right. I've gotten more brave on on audio. <laughs> good man. Good man. You should just uh, just go out there and sing your favorite masturbation songs. Just go go right to it. <laughs> that is not not where I thought you were going. <laughs> <laughs> oh god there, I, yeah i I've, I've 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 found a lot of them when i started looking at it like that yeah it's like if you if you look at it you'll find songs that that's what they're talking about all the time you just have to and there's even a, a halsey song just the same thing something about i'll get off my own vibe my own vibration or something like that or something <laughs> about my vibration it's yeah, it's all the time it's on a lot of songs all right well keep your ears open kids for for songs <laughs> yeah. about uh self-love we'll uh Hey, party for one that's the name of the song by kylie ray Jefferson. party for one okay yeah, i can see that <laughs> good song by the way too yeah she's great she's great uh, if you don't care about me i'll just dance for myself back on my beat i'll be the one if you don't care about me making love to myself back on my beat making took a love second. to myself it's like right there yeah but it took a second i was like <laughs> mm, wait a second but I... dancing we're almost done but i gotta get this out here dancing with myself <laughs> it, it isn't as obvious but it, i mean I, was, I used to listen to the song all the time and i'm like uh, yeah, when there's no one inside in a crowded lonely night, why well, why well, wait so long for my love vibration? And I'm dancing with myself, and I'm like, wait a second. Well, there's nothing to lose and there's nothing to prove. Well, I'm dancing with myself, and I remember I'm like, mm, okay, but your empty eyes seem to pass me by, and I'm like, wait a second. I know where this is going, but yeah, now you know. <laughs> I like Billy Idol a lot too. So we learned two things today: why why movies use the number twelve, and why most songs are about masturbation. There you go. You just have to look for dancing. It's always either dancing or beat. Usually dancing. Dancing is a lot of times used as used as a masturbation, especially in the 80s. I've looked. I've thought about this way more. <laughs> Clearly, than, I mean, wow. Thing. 
I mean, look, there's a thesis here to be written, I guess. Hey, when you submit this to Podbean, just label under educational because, my God, I just learned a thing or two. Like, there's there's also a lot of songs in the 70s where they could Okay, like, again, Dancing With Myself, there's also, like, in the video, there's a scene of some woman, like, tied up behind a screen. Like, this song is all about masturbation. I don't know. I'm done. You know what? I'm done. I want to give an awesome shout out to our awesome <laughs> intro, courtesy of Bobby, aka Mike Stoney from his EP Bite the Foot. Song is the Cool Kid Squad. Definitely check him out. You'll see a link in the YouTube notes. And definitely check out our regular episode. We do, we're covering a bunch of the MCU episode, MCU movies from all previously. We got a bunch of backlog of comic episodes that I posted. You got the regular episode that we post every month, every week, I should say. So definitely check all out. And who knows what else will be up here by the time that you hear this? Who knows? All right. Because right, I don't know. And to everyone out there, Go dance as yourself. We will see you next time, everybody. <laughs> Bye, Bye, everyone. Later. <laughs> Bye.